0: Jack with Griffin and David. Black Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black
1: There are days where I manage not to think of anything at all. Not the money, or the podcasts, or Jacob. Days when Sarah and I try to pretend we're just like everyone else, as if none of it ever happened.
2: Those days are few and far between. The last line of the film.
1: Yeah, my other one was, uh, uh, I wish someone else had found that podcast.
2: You're you're trying to do Paxton. You're doing all right, I think. You're doing all right. It's
1: okay. It's hard to do. He's he's easy to imitate, but he's he's specific. He is is deceased. deceased.
3: So maybe we should leave his name out your mouth. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> it's a dead man, for heaven's So sakes. your
1: goal is, can we talk about a simple plan for two hours without ever mentioning <laughs> yes, the I lead I just I think the, we
3: leave- Out we of leave respect. The, out of respect, we yeah. leave the dead dead. Yeah. That's that. Yeah.
1: Sometimes.
3: Sometimes. Dead is better. Sometimes dead heard is that better. In a movie someplace. Yes.
1: Um, uh, if
3: you had, if yes. we had done been on a game show- Please. Yeah. And you were like, uh, here's a quote, name the movie. Mm-hmm. And the game show was very dire, like Squid Game, where they're like, we're going to shoot your wife if you get it wrong. <laughs> I, I, would have, I would have tearfully looked at my wife and been like, I'm sorry. You picked the, like the most obscure quote it's the, from final the line movie. of the movie. And film. the fact sure, that you sure.
1: threw in the word podcast well, threw me for a brief second. That's but... the thing we do here. We like to
2: butcher quotes right? From so movies. you tossed yeah. podcasts instead of murders, I think, right? I
1: did. I thought it was funny to make it sound like the podcast was the worst thing that happened. <laughs> right. That was this? the thing that started. What that's is hard this hard hard
2: Mad Magazine
3: shit that you have invited know, me to? I know. You
1: swap one word. and It's a perfect way to describe it, actually. It's <laughs> some Mad Magazine shit. Sure. What is the premise this rumor of this
3: show? I have no grounding other than like months ago you told me what it was. but and and i the last thing i recall was that you were like, uh, we're doing Sam Raimi. And yes. We're going to be doing him for like three years or some sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. So you were like, I was like, well, I can I could talk about simple plan, I can talk about anything but simple yeah. plan. I love. And you're like, okay, that will be in eight
2: months. Yes. Yeah. This is the problem with how we do this show. We'll book yeah. someone and we'll be like, so we'll email you
1: a year from now. We'll circle back right. a year from now. Yeah. Sometimes what? people forget and then they they make the active choice a second time. Like I would like to do that movie, and we're like, oh, I know. We're circling back. <laughs> <Yeah>. We know <laughs> Forgot- you want to do that right movie. You're oh, doing that movie. plan. Right, yeah, we I were guess. counting on it. <laughs> no, we. we I, I'll explain to you what the premise of this podcast is. Okay, it's, it's blank check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. Uh, this is producer Ben. Hi. Uh, and it's a podcast about filmographies. Yes. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers. Yes. And are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Copy. Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce, baby. Ah. That is the the shortest. That's we Distantly were one for example
2: for, 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 to for, get our premise down to like thirty right. seconds. Right, people so
1: challenged
3: us. Yeah, if, if this was not if we weren't doing it about Sam Raimi, yes, and we were doing it about who had a blank check, uh, Gus Van Sant, sure, yes. yes. post Goodwill Hunting, yes. could literally do whatever he wanted and Make chose psycho. to do Psycho. Great it's a example, perfect example, Incredible and it's a example. huge now, bounce. In right. in is definitely yeah. bounce in the world of blank check. Yeah. Is there a thumbs up, thumbs down like that? The, the check clear or what, what's your catchphrase we don't, we don't hopefully have... it's not just putting the word podcast where murder no. was unfortunately
1: shit. it kind of is I think sometimes <laughs> they bounce baby
3: but uh... I've been telling everybody like, this guy Griffin's a genius so I'm sure <laughs> this podcast is
1: brilliant as well <laughs> I think look we, we are very interested in the narratives of people's career and we like certainly that. are open with our opinions of what the movies are but we're not saying like this one's a clear this one's a bounce in like a, so a thumbs up thumbs down way either, right. you, either, don't, either, you don't yeah.
3: cast judgment at the end of the day no. it's just like this motherfucker, we can curse. Yeah, absolutely. This absolutely. motherfucker, like, did, yeah. he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah. And this is what he did. And sometimes it's like, this is what right. he did. And sometimes it's like, this is what he did. And what?
1: and there are clears. Or she. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. There are clears that we've Have disliked. you guys deep dived on a female? We've done, sir? we've done stuff so- with Elaine May, oh, Nancy oh, Myers. Yes. And who who is the second one? Nancy Myers, Nora Ephron. How did, wait. Step Kathy Bigelow. T- I'm on, not trying to show off here. Step We've back done?
3: in time. You did Nancy Myers. Gina yeah, prince yeah. on it Based on a dare or is somebody related? Well, the she fans actually-,
4: actually selected it because we do like a March Madness on social media. And they were like,
3: dude, Nancy yeah. Myers." Yeah, yeah. she Nancy kind of Myers. became a scene-roller.
4: Like, yeah. uh,
3: and I don't mean to dismiss I'm a, a terrible yeah. director, so Nancy <laughs> Myers has me beat by a country mile, but... Yeah. I would never have assumed when you told me about this podcast absolutely that Myers, you would have right. ever gotten yeah. a Nancy Like We've Myers. done Jane,
2: K- James Cameron, right? We've right. done that Christopher
3: Nolan. So like that those makes sense. Of- Sean all Sean the usual. Kind of, right. Yes, Sean Sean right, was, right. right. People who've had yeah. up and down Kurt,
1: Yeah. But, all right. So of the female directors, yeah. who were they again? Nancy Myers, uh Incredible. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. That makes sense. Nora Ephron. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, uh, Jane Campion, did I say already? Jane Campion. Elaine May. Makes sense. The Wachowskis. Makes sense. And Gina prince foot. Yeah? Yeah. That makes sense, too. Yeah.
3: The only one, I mean, believe me, I'm not like, uh, cancel no, your show. Yeah. But yeah. the only one that I bumped into was Nancy Myers, because I, in a million years...
2: She- I can't she demanded yeah. massive budgets yeah. to yes? make they were sort of plotless movies. Yes, yes. <laughs> there was a moment, and she was sort of a brand onto herself. Yeah. I, I think this. Yeah. A,
3: a, what you? I think you see distress
2: in me, but what no, no, I'm no, no, no. Seeing, you're, you're what intrigued. I'm feeling,
3: is relief. Sure, right. that somebody's finally yeah. exposing this this <laughs> yeah. charlatan. No, I'm D- kidding. No, but she does. She does spend a lot of money. Yes. doing very simple things. Yes, like one could say. She does Kevin Smith movies I on was, a studio budget. I was going to say, she makes like an $80 million. Somewhere <laughs> Nancy yeah, Meyers is yeah, yeah. like, take your name out my mouth. They
1: are similar they're, sort of like hangout movies.
3: They are. And they're yeah. odd, But the one is for high high like old rich people. Yes. Right, they're they're shaggy. Yes.
1: But then when hangout
2: you like movies. read about, when you, we did high this podcast Fred a few years count. ago, yeah. you know, Everyone, her crews are like she's like Fincher. It's like it's like ten hours of figuring out what picture frame of
1: should be on the mantle, shot, you picking know, up like, a pen because no. the Yes, how do you know? Sort this? Of all these Anything people, you read about, things we like, read. crew people I work with, I would always, whenever I was on a set, I'd ask crew people about, like, who they worked with and try to absorb the stories. Right, and they right. were like, she is the single most demanding director I've ever, I worked with Fincher, I worked with Soderbergh. She's the one where you just go, Jesus Christ, can we move on? And she's like, it's wrong, the sweater's at the wrong angle. In a
3: million <laughs> years, I never would have picked yeah. that. And I'm not saying, like, I just assumed she phoned it in, but yeah. I, I thought she'd be a performance person once she's got the beats and the All jokes. In. But it's the look as well.
1: All of it. And and line reading, like every, it's like Kubrickian control. I think it's why people do have that sort of specific obsession
2: with her movies. Beyond, like, I love a rom-com, right? Right, right, right. Like, I do think that she, there's a weird bubble to her worlds that, you know, a Nora Efron movie. You know how uh,
3: recently when um, Turning Red came out, Mm -hmm. there was that one review online where, I don't know who did it, but somebody was like, this movie was made for her and like three people that live around her. No one else like can that. relate to this, yes. right? Right. That that sounds like the Nancy Myers movies, <laughs> yes. but they have massive box office, As turning and real yeah. everywhere. Obviously, massive appeal. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: But, but the difference is that, like, I could take a
3: page out of. The Myers, you book. should. You know yeah, what I'm saying? No, but yeah, I think. Look, I mean, you said you should a little too quickly there. <laughs>
1: I feel like mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. I think there are a lot of similarities in in the two of you as filmmakers. <laughs> I characters. think I do sh- think weirdly. T- t- yeah. it's
3: true. Oddly enough, I was yep. sitting here a little bit, a little judgy. Like, no. you know, not, yeah. not on her, just like, really? You guys were talking hey, about
1: that? a cashmere sweater is really soft <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> yes. warm and nice. There's it feels lot. good you on your that. skin. That's you know? true. No, the funny thing is we, we would have people like every year be like, when are you going to do this person? When are you going right. to do this person? We had this idea early on in the show where we we're like, we'll do a March Madness competition. We'll put 32 directors on a bracket. We'll let people vote every day head to head. And then one time a year we go, you get to pick who we cover. Right, we put thirty-two people on there. We, I'll admit, we mostly put Nancy Myers in there for diversity's sake—not just as a female filmmaker, but like comedies, not just film nerd directors, not just genre guys, and in
3: an almost Nancy Myers film-like twist. Yeah. She wound up being the top choice.
1: And like whooped like PTA. Like the direct, it wasn't like she had easy matches. You match-ups. guys have
3: not done PTA yet? No,
1: it went Nancy Myers we... by popular demand. There's a Before few...
3: Paul Thomas Anderson. Correct. There's
1: the PTA is. How
3: Film Twitter let you guys yeah. go? We're doing well, Kubrick hate. now. They, like they don't like you guys ready? either? No,
1: they're probably turning on us. Right? Yeah, they're turning red. Oh, I, They're
3: turning on you now that I'm on the show. They're like, that's when they jumped the shark. <laughs> no,
1: they might come all the way back. Do you ever have a now. filmmaker come in? Yeah. We have. We've had who? some filmmakers. We have. Uh, who have we had? Uh, Alex Ross Perry. Right. Uh, David Lowry, Chris uh, Weitz. Chris Weitz. uh Lulu Wong, yeah, Lulu Wong. did The yep. Farewell.
2: Basically anyone who's listened to the show and or is friends with Griffin yes, Newman, right. that helps. Right. Yep.
1: But like here's, you're you're saying sort of like, how do we look at careers, right? For example, if we were talking about the filmmaker Kevin Smith, don't, right? Don't. Don't. If we were. Yes. A term we like to use is the guarantor, right? Which is the movie that gives you the blank check. It's the movie where somehow now the, the thing is unlocked, right? What would be mine? Clerks.
3: Hands down.
1: Right? Uh, yeah. You have yeah, a career that is very similar, I would say, in structure in a lot of ways to Sam Raimi, where it's like you have the bootstrappy, like spit and gumption, make nobody, a movie with my friends. But everyone
3: remembers, and no one will ever forget, who gives a shit about this kind of thing. I mean, there are people who have forgotten, uh-huh. but that I made Clerks. There are a lot of people... That don't know that, that tr- Sam Raimi made the Evil Dead because now they're like, "Well, that's fucking Spider-Man." Right? Yes, I think that's Spider-Man. true. That he is sort is true. of has two. He transcended stage. his uh, yes. his origins, his humble origins. His humble origins tie in directly to mine because I, I was he was ask. covered in so many books. Yeah, that I read. You know, mind you, when I started, there was no internet, so you couldn't just you know fuck a deep dive on an article about director you like.
1: Our guest is Kevin Smith. You'd have
3: man. to thank you. You'd have to uh, look into a book of sorts, and his story. Of, you know, going around from dentist to dentist, yeah, and raising money for the evil dead, was both inspiring and daunting to me as a filmmaker, because I it made me go the credit card route, like that I went. I collected a bunch of credit cards that you know I really didn't you know, have the finances to back, but I got them. I I worked at the video store, RST yes. Video, the one that's in Clerks. And I would uh, apply, you know, and, and if you didn't apply, I went to a community college. They would uh, bomb you with mm-hmm. like applications right. for credit cards. And so yeah. I'd fill it in and say, I was the manager of RST Video and I made $50,000 a year. And this is 1991. <laughs> so they would call RST Video to verify like, uh, yeah, we're doing a credit check on Kevin Smith. I was like, oh, that's my manager. We're paying $50,000 a year. So they'd send me <laughs> a credit card. And we just did that me and brian johnson as a race friend of mine to see who can get more credit cards yeah. so i had them sitting in an underwear drawer my underwear drawer at my house because my parents were like never use plastic it's the devil cash only. they're right so they're yeah. absolutely yeah. right this is so I, I saved yeah. them never touched them until i was like "Ooh, i want to be a filmmaker yeah then i decided to use them the difference was i did not have the confidence to walk into a dentist office and right. say like there's 164 pages full of dick jokes set in a convenience store. You have <laughs> a few bucks for me. Right. Um, so I, I, aside from, like, he was the guy who, with a bunch of friends, and a bunch of friends turned out to be, like, the Cohen brothers, Holly Hunter yeah. and stuff like that, um, who, like, hard scrabble, uh, bootstrap, made a flick, ran the camera around with, like, Barry Levinson and stuff like that. Uh, Barry,
2: Barry Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yes. sorry.
3: <laughs> Barry Levinson. Um, there was no, like, oh, I could be him. A, he was making a genre picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, B, he had the confidence in his material to solicit investors. Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of where I had to let Ramey go. Somebody like Spike, Jim Jarmusch, Hal Hartley, they were more identifiable because they, they did it with peanuts and and kind of. But, but and, he, and also did, did stories the, about people that were just talking to one more talk, right? Right. But as the opposed thing to haunting
2: is like it's him and his buddies like getting in a van and going to a plate right Very you know much. that that feels like it's like
1: the gumption right I mean we yeah. right. we invoked you in an earlier episode as sort of saying that like the the 90s Miramax wave of like you and Tarantino and Rodriguez and yeah. others but I feel like the three of you became like big cornerstones of this thing that was like look there are guys who bypass the traditional route. Mm. They got their movies made in weird ways. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They were outside the system. They got this calling card movie. It connected, and now their careers are off and running. Mm. And it feels like Raimi was one of the early sort of examples that someone like you could point to and go, 80s, "Huh, yeah. that guy got there. He, he did, did it that? first.
3: Absolutely. Right. Like he, you know, uh, he blazed a trail. I didn't necessarily follow his. I didn't yeah. do like you know. I, he's gifted. The man was born to be a filmmaker." I'm a fan who aggregated to direct his own stories. There's a big difference. Um, he was definitely inspiring, but and definitely one of the ones that went first and laid the track. But like, oddly enough, when I when I met him, it was like, "Oh crap, this is, this is Sam Raimi." But it wasn't like when I met Richard Linklater, where I was just like, "Yeah, if you don't take your journey, I never." Think right. to take mine.
1: Slacker right. was your like complete turnkey. That movie, was my right? past, yeah. And that makes sense. Right. Like, right. The, the, the parallel is yeah. so I'm, Well,
2: yeah, well, you met Sam Raimi, though. What's Sam Raimi like? Sam Raimi is, did you, I mean, you guys, the well, vibe read I and get studied. is polite Midwestern, dude. Incredibly. Right. Incredibly polite. Remember,
3: humble, remember uh, uh, yeah. the uh, Coen Brothers movie, um, uh, uh, the, the one that nobody liked?
1: Hudsucker? Yes. My
3: favorite. I love Hudsucker. That's so okay. He is the elevator. Right, kid hey buddy oh buddy like literally (laughs) that is him he like when i met him in real life i was i thought he was doing an impression because i saw that movie before i met sam raimi yeah and we were introduced by jim jacks who was the producer of one of the producers of uh, a simple plan um jim jacks uh was like uh don't 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 like fret he's gonna say Buddy, a thousand times. It's not that he's forgotten your name. And he's not fucking with you. Yeah, he's just like, that's literally how he talks. And so he introduced us, and fucking, I was like, he's not, he's just doing an impression of that guy in Hudsucker. And then Jim was like, he is the guy in (laughs) Hudsucker. He didn't play it, but the Cohen brothers wrote it based on fucking his personality. Yeah. He is darling. This is my favorite Sam Raimi story, and it's almost. He's tangential to it. Okay. But it is a Jim Jacks story. So it does tie into a simple part. Right. Jim plan. Jacks produced this movie. He was a producer and of Moon. He movie. produced Rats, right? He was also yeah. a producer of Mallrats. Right. He produced Days of Confused. Sure. He mm-hmm. produced uh, Raising Arizona, Tremors. Right. Raising Arizona is his first that, sure. producing credit. Yeah. Oh, shit, he worked on the Mummy movies. Oh, He worked yes. on,
2: like, the whole Mummy,
3: Jim is you know, like, I, I mean, thing. you guys do filmmakers, mm-hmm. directors, you don't do producers.
1: We th- we'll end up talking about producers a he, lot,
3: but yeah. to me, is one of the most fascinating cases of a producer in this business that I ever met because he was a fan that aggregated into producing. Mm-hmm. He was an engineering student. He was a military kid. His dad, he called his dad the colonel. He was one of those families <laughs> and stuff. Mom, dad, him, and his younger brother. And Jim was a massive movie fan. Uh, He would take his brother, go to the movie theater. They'd watch things. Then when the movie was done, his brother said, they would follow adults to the diner, sit behind them, and listen to their opinions. And Jim would tell his brother, like, they're wrong. They don't understand. Jim was the internet before the the internet happened. Yeah. So he loved movies his whole life, but his old man was like, you know, military, you know, you're going to be an engineer and... So Jim did as told, and he became an engineering student, and he wound up in, um, I think it's was Washington, D.C., or the, that area. There's a theater there called the Circle Theater. Mm-hmm. Circle Theater is a rep house. Uh, you know, they show indie films sure. and stuff. Jim, uh, as a young man, uh, goes there, sees all the movies, and then starts going up to the box office to say, you know, you should really get this. I heard about this movie. I read about this movie in Variety and stuff like that. And mind you, this is in the mid 80s. So they actually start taking his advice. They start programming movies that he tips them off to and they're making money. So they say to this engineering student, like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm an engineer. And they're like, would you mind part time booking our theater for us? And he was like, I would love to. So, boom, one step closer to the dream of movies. Right. Right. Uh, he's doing that for a red hot minute. They're doing well, and Ted and and uh, the other guy, Pedra, uh, I don't, I don't say <laughs> Petras, Petra, but Petra, yeah, I don't uh, think it's whatever their Raff. name is, yeah. guys that ran Circle Films eventually, but right now it's just Circle Theater. Yeah, uh, Jim and Ted, maybe their names are. They tell Jim Jacks, like, you know, if we had our own movie, we could show it, but we could also distribute it to the other exhibitors that we know in our circle. And you seem to know a, lot, a bunch about this. Why don't you go out and see if you can find us a movie? So Jim goes to AFM for the first time ever, and again, just a fucking engine, an engineer mm-hmm. who now part-time books a theater. <laughs> he goes to AFM. He finds a movie that American he film loves. market. Yeah, American yeah, yeah, film yeah. market for those. I, I assume the. Tony, audience yeah, for this. I mean, I didn't it. think yeah. we were Hollywood Babylon where I have to explain everything. I mean, this. I assume most people know. You're absolutely right. He is the American, yes, a motion picture kid, right? media that movie. um <laughs> it, He's absolutely right. The American film market. So Jim is at the American film market, and that's a marketplace where people go to buy films, people go to sell films, and their stuff wares, It's not yeah. a film festival; it's a sales it's a place. place. Yeah. Yeah. Jim calls up uh, the circle theater guys, and he's like, I think I have the movie. It's wonderful. It's very film noir. Very throwback. Uh, and that movie was Blood Simple. Wow. Isn't that fucking nuts? Yeah. Too. So he brings home Blood Simple. Blood Simple becomes one of the best reviewed films of that
2: decade. And one of decade. the earliest Sundance indie sensations ever. Who the fuck are these guys? Movie. Yes, Who yes. are these kids? Right. They made it like, for nothing. and it's they incredible. It's a throwback, yeah. but yeah. it's very modern at the
3: same time. Frances McDormand gets notices for right. her performance. So uh, the Circle Theater Cats are now Circle Films, and they have an option with these young filmmakers to do a, a feature. And so the the Circle Theater guys, who are now the Circle Film guys, say to Jim Jacks, who is an engineer, we think you should be in charge of the movie. And just like that, Jim yes. Jacks becomes a producer. And that's raising Arizona. And that is raising it's Arizona. Perhaps a pretty good the movie. greatest fucking comedy. Sure. Ever made one well, at least in the top it's ten, and, but yeah. and somehow those that. motherfuckers found a way to make child kidnapping hysterical. <laughs> right.
2: But I feel like also raising Arizona is a movie. People are sitting down and they're like, I don't, I've never seen the camera do this. Same, I've right. never seen a movie. Same where I thing. Hate this like, like right. and, and right. think
3: about the quantum leap forward from Blood Simple, yeah. yes. to Raising Arizona. Two completely different films yeah. that you. It's not like oh well, I can see where one came from the other. They were establishing early on that like we do what we do, right? And it's it's not going to be the same. They're like. Ang Lee Ang Lee is a very heightened version of We've that, done where it's like, you cannot yes. yes. fucking yes. Yes. tell he, me what an Ang Lee movie is, other thing, than, like, you know, about the, 90 minutes to two hours. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the yes. only the, thing they have in common. The thing
2: yeah. with Ang Lee was, that's what people were saying, where they were like, I know you guys are doing him because, like, his blank check is Crashing Tiger, and he did Hulk, right? Like, that's sort of his, like, big. I, I, I Although I there's a lot it. of other... Yeah. But they're like, yeah, but what is an Ang Lee movie? And it's like, you know, he makes movies about families. He makes movies about, like, rigid tradition, yes. going up again. Like, there are themes, but he definitely every there time are. is like, I want to do something and, new. and he is more I want to do a sex thriller. Very. I want to do a quiet yes. family drama. As a
3: filmmaker, like, I, you know, uh, before I was a filmmaker, I was a film fan. Yeah. But as a professional filmmaker, that is a filmmaker that I look up to where I'm hmm. like, Jesus, could you imagine being that, Diverse,
2: yeah, and he's cool. Seems like, Seems a, nice like a good joke. guy. Seems like a cool right. guy.
3: Yeah, I was at an awards ceremony with him years ago and shit like that. Um, I don't get awards <laughs> anymore, but back then, I rubbed elbows with those types of people and stuff. And he was a very, very chill dude. I loved uh the wedding banquet. Great movie, yeah. And think yeah. about like wedding banquet is not. I'm not saying it's like Clerks, yeah. but it's very simple, quiet yes, movie yes. and shit like that. That motherfucker went on to make Crouching Tiger, yeah. fucking Ice Storm, fucking um, no, did he do Ice Storm? Yes, yeah, yes, that's the thing. Fucking Hulk, like. Awesome. Yeah.
2: But off a of wedding banquet, he's like, "I'll do a Jane Austen movie. Yes. I'll do a '70s key party drama. Yes. I'll do, I'll do a Confederacy Western right. epic. Yeah. That, right, that's right. A, that's a big blank check that standard. no one remembers. Right, yeah. and then and then like, okay, that didn't work. Fine, I'll make like a Chinese martial arts movie. Made a hundred million dollars. Right, Just you
3: know, like that year. And, and also, like, changed things. Thing. Changed Absolutely, everything.
2: like with that yeah. with
3: that one yeah. martial arts he's movie. Like a lot of people probably don't draw the lines anymore. But like, Crouching Tiger." Invaded mainstream cinema and took a style and put it in Marvel movies. Twenty years later, like it's now the
2: standard. People ten years earlier. Not only
1: that, I truly believe that the popularity of foreign TV shows being watched subtitled, agreed, across America on Netflix and other streaming services, like doesn't happen within a twenty-year slow burn of *Crouching Tiger*. Right. There's the story that um. Uh, uh, what's his name uh, uh, Barker and Bernard the Sony Classics mm-hmm. guys
3: Sony Pictures Classics yeah uh, it, uh,
1: I think it was Bernard I heard say once that he was like the moment when he realized that Crouching Tiger was going to be like a crossover success mm-hmm. that it wasn't just going to be like wow this thing made 15 million dollars right. That's right. Right, but like right. this is going to play like a blockbuster as he walked through a mall and he heard two like teen boys walk out of the theater and they went man those subtitles were cool ah! and he was like I don't know how we did this we didn't <laughs> Right. We didn't try to sell this, but somehow for the first time, this thing that had always been seen as an impediment right. to foreign films crossing over with American audiences, that they were allergic to them, had some cool quality attached to this film. And I now, I think,
3: doesn't do you watch shit with just subtitles on now, even like, yeah, if it's in English? Absolutely. I, mean, I read things more. I, yes. I have now taken to consuming movies the same way I used to consume comic books, yeah. which is all the dialogue yeah. and a cursory glance. At the, image. the images. Yeah. Same and thing with a movie. I'm watching a movie and I find myself reading more than anything else. And I'm like, yeah, I understand. Like, I know the there's a visual there, but like, I'm I'm more trained to read a movie at this point. Well, it's and interesting. I
1: like hearing how actors deliver dialogue, obviously, but mm-hmm. I also like being able to visually see the writing. Mm.
2: Yeah, you know. It became. Like, I have a baby, and so like it became a thing. Like, let's have the TV a little quiet. The baby's ah, sleeping. Put necess- the subtitles necessity. on. And now it's just sort of like automatic for me yeah. to have the subtitles on. Uh, and
3: it's also a fun game to see like what they fuck up. I, I we, of course, rewatched. Uh, I imagine all of us. A simple plan. Yes. yes. Um, I, I definitely didn't need a rewatch because this is a movie that my wife and I, this is a building, fundamental building block of our relationship. One of the first movies we ever saw together. I want to dig into this,
1: but just a step back when I texted you like nine months ago yes. and <laughs> said, we're going to do Raimi. Yes. Our show books up stupid early. Would you, you know, to be fair, to initially
2: level. we were going to do it earlier and then
1: Dr. Strange oh, got true. pushed. That's right. true. We and were, so we had yes. to kind of move Makes it down sense. the counter a, right. a little bit. It right. got pushed a little bit. Right. So we, we flipped an order, but right. I, none of them had been booked. Right. And I said, open game, if you were willing to come on our show, you could do any one of these. And we had sort of in our mind assumed, like, he's probably going to pick a Spider-Man. Spider-Man and Evil Dead. Yeah. Kevin's Dad, a Marvel right. fan. He's written Spider-Man comics. Right. And Evil Dead would make sense in sort of the bootstrappiness, the development of Absolutely. early filmmaker. And you just wrote, without any hemming and hunt Simple Plan. One of my Absolutely favorite movies simple plan. of
3: all time. Yeah. And also, does not resemble the filmmaker's repertoire. No. no. There's two shots kind of in the movie that make you go himself. like... Right. Oh, that might have that was very Raimi esque.
1: Right? Becky and Baker shotgun
3: blast. Yeah, absolutely, right then and there. That's the w- and yeah. also the fox diving okay. into the yeah. hen house. Yeah. Yes, which right is very, very early on he right. pushes yeah. very early, he pushes as the fox jumps. Yes, and you're like, well, that looks like Ramy. But other than that, and the shotgun blast, this could have been directed by anyone. Who wasn't Sam Raimi?
1: It's like a Dogma ninety five experiment for him, where very he's much like, can I force myself to not use my bag of tricks?
3: One of the most disciplined films I've ever seen in my life, considering
2: the filmmaker. <laughs> yes, like one of the most manic. I mean, and we'll talk about it. The studio was very much like: is he gonna? Is he gonna take it easy? We've read this <laughs> script. The camera can't be flying all over the house. Once, like, a, you know. once
3: again, this is where like the the un. Sung hero of all this is Jax, Jim, Jim Jax.
1: Well, I would just want to point out, and we've set up a couple threads here we need yep. to resolve, but like even in the list you were just running through, Raising Arizona, mm. uh, uh, Mall Rats, Days of Confused are all examples of guys who had made their films outside of the mainstream system. And he's there producing the movie that's trying to work them into the system and not let their voice get lost. Always. 100%. There's something very
3: telling there. He was a Sundance kid. He loved to go to Sundance and pick up, you know, shop for talent and stuff like that. But he was a guy who believed in somebody, brought them in, and then had to sell that person. And has to protect them. Jean-Claude Van Damme was one of his. Wow. He brought him into the mainstream. John Woo. Right,
2: because he produced Hard Target. Yes. And John Woo was
3: was Jim Jackson. And and like Jim always told the story of showing, you know, Hard Target to Universal for the first time. And they were like, why are there so many bullets and why are there so many birds? (laughs) Right. And they're like, you know, Jim was like, that's what he does. That's his thing. And they're like, well, you got to take some of that stuff out. So Jim led a very frustrated existence as a Universal exec and then he, uh, Sean Daniels used to run the studio.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Sean left that position, or was kicked out, and got a producing deal for a company called AlphaVille. Right. That's where he teamed up with Jim Jacks. He brought okay. Jim with him because he liked Jim's taste, Jim's style. But you are absolutely right. Jim was the guy who was like, I saw them do this thing. I believe in this talent. I'm gonna bring him in to the studio side and work with them
1: but I gotta keep their voice intact like I'm not trying to get them a paycheck I'm trying to figure out if I can let them make their kind of movie with studio money his eyes yeah. lit
3: up when I I met him at the uh, Sundance Film Festival in 1994 after Clerks won the Filmmakers Trophy and he comes up to me he's introduced to me by John Pearson who is our producer's rep John's wife Janet runs South, uh, by, South by Southwest, Southwest they're now.
1: legends of American independence in, in, indie film yeah.
3: um, so he introduces us And, you know, I'm like, oh, I know, he's confused, and I knew Jim's work, Tombstone, like, you know, so um, he goes, I loved Clerks, I was gonna try to buy it, but Harvey bought it out from under me, and I was like, oh, right on, yeah, as he did, he's going, I would've let you, I would've remade it, but I would've let you keep 75% (laughs) of it. That was his exact quote. So At he the just Sundance been like, party, we're tossing
1: this out. Yeah, <laughs> just like right. I'm like, oh, good proof of concept. I
3: was, like, and I said, well, yeah. I was like, glad. I'm glad it went to Miramax. <laughs> right. I didn't want to remake that's the movie. <laughs> and I said, what, what part could it and I have kept? Yeah. And he goes, nobody fucks a dead guy in a Universal picture. Yeah. And I was like,
2: all right, <laughs> that's fair enough. Line. That's fair line. So he yeah. goes,
3: what do you want to do? Uh, what do you think about doing next? I said, uh, mall rats. And he goes, what's that? I was like, this is my. F- this is. I was in the business. Thirty seconds. Yeah, right. And this is what I said to him. I goes, uh, "It's clerks in a mall." That was my <laughs> elevator pitch. And he goes, "Oh, he's going. Well, what's going to happen is uh, he's going uh, Disney because Miramax picked us mm-hmm. up, and Disney owned Miramax at that point. He goes, Disney's going to bring you out and meet, uh, have you meet all the studios, uh, Hollywood, Touchstone, blah blah blah." Uh, Pitch him whatever you want. Don't give him that mall yeah, wow. You come to the Black Tower and you pitch that with me at Universal. <laughs> and I was a big Universal fan. Like, you know, fucking John Hughes, yeah. John Landis. Like, two of my favorite movies as a child. Uh, you know, uh, Breakfast Club. Blues Brothers came right from there. Animal House came right from their jaw. Like, you know, Universal more so than Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers became the comer later in my career with, like, making Batman and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But prior to that, Universal had every movie that I ever loved. Spielberg
1: was. You know know what I'm saying? Amblin's right there. Also, David and I have talked about this a lot, but nothing gets me more amped up before a movie than the Universal logo. And even removing the history, it's just the fanfare. Have you ever gone into
3: the building there They have the little ball, the tennis ball, the super pinky that they painted the earth, and that's the fucking logo? And you're like... This I know. Tiny ball is what got me just excited. So fucking
1: majestic. These movies are universal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> only thing better than
3: that, Galactic. Right? You know, nobody went for no that. No one's got that yet. But he, um, he, he was talking about Jim Jacks. Was mm-hmm. talking about a simple plan ben. in nineteen ninety-five.
1: Right. They. But the right. book is ninety-three. He he yeah. had
3: this thing. He was he had uh, you know uh, I don't know if they still do, but in the business they used to have these like long blank cards that would have your name on the top or whatever and and you write on them and put them attach them to scripts and shit Mm -hmm. like that glorified fucking scrap paper and whatnot he had these and said you know jim james jacks at the top and he had them laid out on his desk in his house and he had a set laid out on his desk in the office at alphaville on the lot and it would be this year next year year three year four and when you looked at the cards you saw the entire movie industry laid out
2: for the next few years. So it and wasn't just his stuff. It was everything. It was okay. his stuff. Okay, it was his stuff.
3: But right. he was pushing shit that in ninety-five I was like, Ugh. That'll never happen. Right, right. Mummy movies. <laughs> what are you out of your mind? <laughs> Fucking nobody cares about the mummy slasher movies, Jim. Um Jim was a no, huge... Kevin. Kevin, it's going to be a period piece. Yes, Trust oh, me, right? It's right. in the twenties. Who yeah. are you get to play? George of the Jungle? Come <laughs> on, Jim. He was the guy that um, <laughs> would definitely like. He would talk about people that were legends to me and most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Mosier was my producer, yeah. and and so uh, on. Clark's Mars, all the early stuff. So we spent a lot of time with Jim. I spent a lot of time writing Mallrats with Jim. I would like fax pages to him. He would comment and shit like that and we had this pretty tight relationship his he would talk about the Coen brothers and Sam Raimi and Billy Bob Thornton mm. Incessantly. Mm-hmm. Incessantly, all the time. And it's so much so that me and Scott would make fun of him because he would be like, well, you know, I was Billy Bob and the Cones. And then we would always be like, ladies and gentlemen of Madison Square Garden, welcome to the stage, Billy Bob and the Cones. Um
2: he, he talked vibe. about Raimi
3: yeah. all the time. He was just like, wow, you know, Raimi, because he brought Raimi into the studio yeah. with Quick the Dark Man. Man. Oh no, with Dark, dark Man. Man. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Because right. yeah. that's, you he was another yeah. transition Darkness. filmmaker. Yeah. So he would talk about Raimi incessantly and be yeah. like, oh, Raimi and I were like this. He would talk about Raimi and the Cohen's and Billy Bob. Yeah. And say that they had the type of relationship that me and Scott and Jim had. Mm-hmm. Which to me, you know is they easy to say when they're not around <laughs> yeah. so most of the times i was just like i felt like uh, you know maybe he maybe he saw the relationship differently because these cats have all gone on and they've not reached back and stuff like that he may have helped them start in the mainstream side of things but, but like, now
2: they're doing their thing they're doing not, their yeah.
3: thing and they ain't reaching right. back and you know i was young in my career and so i'd be judgy about that be like why wouldn't they help the guy to fucking help them and shit Um, but according to Jim, they were going to, it was Mm -hmm. always laid out in the cards, man. There's going to be this one. There's going to be this one. There's going to be this one. And a simple plan was always next to Sam Raimi's name. And so he was was like, do you ever read that book? I was like, no. He's like, it's a wonderful book about like, you know, fucking finding money and everything goes wrong. And he said it too. He goes least sam raimi thing you'll ever read in your life <laughs> right he's gone but i think he's absolutely right for it. this is sam's academy award movie this is the movie that they were pushing so hard yeah not like over pushing where they were you know pressuring people and people were like get out of my face <laughs> but they honestly believed that this is how sam raimi was going to win his oscar yeah because it's a strong fucking beloved book great fucking script written by the author of the book itself um, it's Sam maturing as a filmmaker. You know, he may have always worn suits on sets, but this is the first time he made a suit movie of sorts. Mm-hmm. Even though it's set in like rural Minnesota or I think Michigan, Minnesota. It's Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota, because yeah. yeah. that's where he's from, right? Yeah. Um, and it didn't go as planned. Like you know, people seem to respect it. Got good reviews. But that, and there was a movie he made after this. Was it the gift? Yes. Gift is after this, and that's and also Jim Jacks. Yeah. Also yeah. Jim Jacks. Yeah. The two movies where Jim was pushing so yeah. hard, and he to did get for Love Sam of the Game. The for Love Award. of the Game is in between The Kevin those Costner baseball drama. But this and There's the gift, you're
2: right. Yes, that's where the, it feels like he's like make a prestige. This is movie, Jim be a Toronto. This is a good, uncomfortable name
3: to bring up. But this was Jim Jacks trying to be Harvey. Yeah. right. Yeah. He was like, I'm gonna get
2: fucking. Sam, I'm, I'm gonna get Sam his Oscar, yeah, and it's funny, and then he'll work with me forever right. and so forth. Which and so is like, forth. I mean, the way uh, it's funny because after that, he then mostly does the mummy movies and yes. stuff, like right. he he
3: kind of just right. works he, out he, he, of it. He, right. Jim winds up doing Sam Raimi movies, right? With right. the mummy, yeah, very much so. And,
1: and Raimi swings wildly out of prestige and back to like wild, yeah, right? Um, An incredible career, oh, he, absolutely, yeah, it's
3: he, he at one point, Jim was like, um. He talked about Sam Raimi so much that I, I honestly thought, like, I don't think he knows him at all.
1: <laughs> right. There was a certain point like, to <laughs> yeah, not where protest I'm like, too much yeah, kind and of And I've right. not
3: seen this guy phone, anywhere. Who? I never
2: called. <laughs> There's no picture of
3: him on his phone. Is this your
1: uncle who works for Nintendo? And Kinda, so he did right.
2: eventually introduce you to Sam around this time. It he was did. Like, eventually, somebody.
3: like, it was, we were, we made Mallrats. Right. I think we were in post on Mallrats and we finally got to meet Sam Raimi. And I was like, oh, shit.
2: But it's funny because, all right, so Mallrats is 95, yep, right? yep. That's when Sam Raimi does Quick and the Dead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He Which was is a great TriStar, movie. Wonderful movie. Columbia TriStar movie. Which I think. we just rewatched and talked about and had World. so much fun with. Yeah. And that's like, uh, what's it?
1: Hackman, her, Stone, DiCaprio, Stone. Crow. DiCaprio, Crow. right
2: Crow. before yeah. Titanic. Russell Crowe, right before like LA Confidential. Everyone's like popping in it. Yeah. And how
3: many of those cats returned to work with Raimi on a thing?
1: None.
2: No. Unbelievable. None. Yeah. That is weird. Of the four.
3: Because he, like, from all reports,
2: Nice guy to work with. Is beloved. Yeah. Right. Right. Like right. People, right. The people aren't like, I hate yeah. working for this no, guy. Crow's... He's no
3: Nancy Myers in terms <laughs> sure. of like, you know, I uh, think attention everyone... for detail that yeah. irritates the the I think uh, everyone had a good crew.
2: time on that movie except for Hackman, who seems
1: like, you know, an ordinary an guy in dude. general. From time to time, yeah. yeah he's... But that's Crow's first American movie, period. You you yeah. would think that he'd want to like work for pre- Virtuosity. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's
2: like, it's truly like this Australian guy is going to knock your socks off. And out. mind you,
3: that's pre Spider Man.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. So like, oh, if you're yeah. Russell
3: Crowe, yeah. and you're like, oh, I did Quick in the Dead with Sam. He's a good guy, and then he becomes yeah. fucking the Spider-Man director. Aren't yeah. you calling him every right. day to be like, but no, I'm a good guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's when Crowe <laughs> is is, is, Crow. is it's not it. bad. Is it's is good. really the king of the world though when Spider-Man because yeah. he just won an Oscar. He just is that is that his, his blank check for you guys or no? Uh, is, wait, no, no. Quick in the Dead. No, that's no no Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah what'd I mean, you say? For me, it's weird because yeah. he's like up in, it's like Evil he has two Dead. two careers. Right? So Evil Dead's his yeah. first blank check. And Evil then they Crime Wave, and that it's doesn't right, work. So, right, so right. He, he retreats, he does Evil Dead right. too. Did Even, you just reference Crime Wave? We sure we did. We fucking wow. did an episode on Crime. Did we did a two really? and a half hours. Oh, yeah, we that do it all. me
3: back to the RST video store, the video store from Clerks, yeah. where I watched that. Yeah. Like it wasn't available at other video stores. For some reason, they had a copy of Crime Wave, and I'm like, this is a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah,
1: it is. How have I never heard of this? Right, yes. that's what we talked I mean, within the arc, it's like, right, Evil Dead's what we call the guarantor, right? Mm. Like it's, This is the thing that gives you a name where the studio goes, what else do you have, right? Then Crime Wave is the first bounce. Evil Dead 2 is the first blank check. That gets him the run of Darkman, Army of Darkness, Quick in the Dead. Right, and then it's and then like... Quick
2: in the Dead. This is the whole thing. Like Quick and the Dead is like hurts him some kind of a
1: bounce. I mean, under- did do well. I think it cost a fair amount of money. Yeah,
2: I think it was weirdly seen by the studios as like a Sharon Stone vanity project that hadn't figured out. Right, like that's when everyone's turning on Sharon Stone for whatever reason. And also, Mid-90s. this was that
3: period where like uh, there were more than one Western
1: happening. Yes, a lot. That right, the, West, like, the bloom back. was off
2: the rose. Yeah. Like post Unforgiven,
1: too many westerns. Yes. Right. I mean, we're Charting that's sort of the last of the '90s Western revival. That's remember, like the what final... I remember
3: of that movie is the last-minute loading of the gun. Yes, where he's the like, other "Give me a guy. bullet, yeah. give me a yes. bullet." Yeah. It's so
1: you should really like scene. very kinetic, ramy, expressive camera. Right. Like, and it's know, like plot
2: yeah. light. It's like here's the town, we shoot each other.
1: No, so there's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of you know, right. you know. Anyway, not, it's not it's, it's like blood sport <laughs> with quick draw.
3: Right, the opposite of Simple Plan, which is all plot, all character, all nuance, all
2: backstory to sift through.
3: All like terrible decision after terrible decision, which never never seems terrible in the moment.
1: Right. But like Quick of the Dead, he goes like, well, I guess I tried to play within the studio system. It didn't really work. He was really, for these quotes that I'm reading, like he was really depressed. He
2: was like, I felt like a dinosaur. I couldn't change with the material. He goes to TV.
1: I think he kind like of had like, a big team. Oh, that's right, he Hercules. And Hercules. Hercules. And all that. uh, that's what happens in between Quick and the Dead and Simple Plan. Is he, he built an empire. Yeah, he yeah. got Co-created rich. Mantis.
2: Remember Mantis, oh which he did with Lord. Sam Hamm. Yeah, uh, which that didn't take off. But yeah, he gets. He did American Gothic, mm. which was one of those sort of classic. It was like Gary once Cole, with Gary Cole, who winds
3: up in a simple plan. Who's in yeah. this? It wasn't a simple plan before. No, no, no.
2: It's because of uh, he and. American Gothic, like, sort of pre-cable was one of those TV shows where everyone was like, you know, that show got canceled, but it was really good. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, one yeah. of those kind like of... Like Grown Up. like yeah, exactly. Uh, Twin Peaks, that, but, that show was kind of right. A, a little evolved. Right. Right. Uh, right. But then, yeah, he makes a ton of money off of freaking Hercules. Yeah. Like, that—that yeah. that, is, that is sort of weird to think. Well, and and that me- was
3: at a time, too, when the business was very bifurcated. Yes. There was movies. Yeah. And there was TV, and if you were doing TV, we don't want to talk to you. yeah. Bees. But he didn't right. give a fuck because he right. was like, "I'm printing money and,
1: yeah, in and New he, Zealand." He's doing pulpy genre TV in New Zealand before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like that is yeah. so second class citizen, even if he's making fucking fist loads of cash. So, right. The studio is going to be like, "Oh, Sam Raimi gave up on being a serious so filmmaker, which know- to some degree." So, I so and
3: also, he like involved family, like his brothers, in yeah. it. like all in many ways, it was probably a bomb. Yeah, I think Sad. it
2: was. I think it was uh, After, yeah, it was nice.
3: you know, yeah. a, f- a few f- studio projects in a row and, where it's like, well, they did okay, but it didn't, like, turn me into a thing. And because through. it's syndicated,
2: yeah. no one's bugging him. He's right. not getting, like, studio I'm notes. He's control. not, you know. Yeah. Do you know what he was attached to? What movie he was attached to? At this time? At, like, Off Quick and the Dead that he eventually drops out of. No. Jack Frost with George Clooney. The snowman talking comes snowman. alive
3: instead of Michael Keaton. Yes,
2: it was that's why the snowman in Jack Frost looks like George
1: Clooney. Look at the snowman he's again got George Kevin. Clooney's kind eyes. George Clooney dropped out late post Batman and Robin, where he was like, I gotta fucking get. Straight. Yeah, George Clooney was like, I gotta, I can't and be They were this just thing. like, we gotta get another Batman quick. Yeah, <laughs> but you look at the snowman and you're like, that is a snowman caricature of George Clooney. Is it is looks a more like movie? Clooney. Yep, God, they have like a
3: fucking list of eight people. Yes, that it's like, if he's busy, <laughs> get this one.
1: Yeah. Um, They're a very so, incestuous little so,
3: company. They just—they really <laughs> hire from within all the oh,
1: time. Oh look, the brothers helping each other out from the very beginning.
2: So good point. Thank you.
1: Clooney drops out,
2: so Ramey's That's like, "Forget it. it, I won't do Jack Frost." I guess everyone just sort could, of, could like, call. Which,
3: like, let's just stop for a second and be like, "Could have been cool." Understand, Ramey. Well, well,
2: Ramey, take on that. Been, yeah, it's, so here's been the cool. thing: I with like called. twinkly-eyed Clooney, oh, you yeah. know, in the '90s.
3: Could have been something. It, it does feel something. like Clooney. Then again, it was... could have been the thing that led him back to New Zealand.
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. I have to Clooney's create another like, syndicated show. Clooney's like, don't kill me off, honey. Or I'm, I'm sticking around. Yeah, there you, you go.
1: That's, it's a thing on the yeah, internet. Right. Because yeah. think about If you're going to caricature Michael Keaton into a snowman, the eyebrows are very different than that, right? That's the number one feature you focus on is the arch. It's true. He doesn't have his Batman eyes. Right. And the pursed lips
3: and all of that. That's crazy. So do you think, do you think Clooney watches the movie and goes like, it's hey, man, It's it me. <laughs> said, That's no, fucking me. You yeah, guys they... owe me. Like, how about a little wet my beak a like little? <laughs> I know. Do they I'm kick the him some man. money? Like Snowman's yeah, me. Yeah. It's like in Funny Farm when Chevy Chase is like, "I'm the squirrel. The squirrel's me." Yeah. In the book. I'm Sorry, I pulled it. a very deep cut. No, 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 I like no, that appreciate Funny it, Farm appreciate reference. When are we doing that dude's career? Who who directed Funny Farm? He's the Same guy that did. Oh, was it George War Hill?
1: Oh,
2: wow. Wait, it, that's a George Roy... Wow, okay.
3: Yeah, you're right. Wild. And he also right. did, uh, of course... Um, Butch Cassidy. <laughs> the, the Sting. <laughs> the, the Sting. sting. Right. One of the Jesus. biggest
2: hits in Hollywood. History. Isn't that crazy? That's right. his God. last film.
3: is his last movie. Yeah. I saw it in a theater. I paid money to see that. Wow. With two it? reasons. One, I was a Chevy Chase fan, but yep. the other is I was a George Roy Hill fan.
2: Wow. <laughs> and the whole thing with George Roy Hill is... He died like 15 years later. That's the movie though, where he was yeah. like, "All
3: right, okay. yeah, yeah." It's <laughs> just like you know what? I'm gonna live for 15 yeah. years because I've been doing this shit. He made one of my favorite movies of all time, aside from, of course, the previous mentioned ones. Uh, the World According to Garp. Yeah. Oh yeah. I fucking adore
2: that yeah. movie. That movie is fascinating. Yeah. Um, he made a lot of good movies. He's an interesting one because it's like he did make. Culturally, cultural landmark movies. Impact, like dented the universe. And yet I yeah. feel like he's not talked about as like some great auteur.
1: turrets, more like, yeah, he was a, uh, you know. He knew what he was doing. Bakula's yeah, right, another yeah. one like that, where his name gets thrown around a lot, but considering how often his films are referenced, yes. not just as movies, but as like everyday culture, like the idea of an all-the-presents-men type situation. I know. Which I- obviously, I'm with you. Uh, when we think of Woodward and Bernstein, we think of his version of Woodward and Bernstein yeah. more than the real guys. Sophie's Choice is one of the most used terms Actually, in American what vernacular. That, what was
3: that man's name?
1: Alan Bakula. Alan Bakula. And he made like six made, of those movies.
3: He made that fantastic did, fucking Harrison Ford presumed innocent. Yeah, that movie. movie rules. Yeah. Where the third act turns on bonnie bedelia stealing his cum yeah you know, which as a child terrified right. me i was like that's a thing yeah. now i have to worry about that they the can hum-ties? steal your cum in the night yeah. and blame a crime on you
1: that's also a <laughs> i can't believe burglars. i cannot believe that you have never made a movie called cum burglars i will now i, had,
3: I hadn't i not had the title
1: yeah cum burglars uh, ral did...
3: julia is amazing in that Julia is incredible in that movie. um brian that... dennehy yeah God, that movie's so great. You're it, right. cool Have classic. you guys seen Pakula? No. no but but he's a, a good one, one, though. Two he, names right there. George yeah. Roy Hill and Pakula. And I know it's like you know, we don't need to heap more praise on white men, but still, these are two white men who made brilliant
1: movies. And are never talked about in the panther. They George Roy Hill is sexy also
3: made... like
2: a Quentin Tarantino
3: no. or a Robert Rodriguez, sure. where you know their name, a celebrity or something like that. But they made some of the greatest American films we've ever seen.
2: He also made Slapshot George Ray Hall. Oh, right, you know, which right. is like so, another oh. kind of landmark movie. God damn it, man. <laughs> uh, this is a dude
3: who like ran with
2: fucking Paul Newman yeah. for a while. Yeah. And he he also yeah, you no, know, he made a lot of good movies.
1: Do you know the procession, Kevin, of people who almost directed Simple Plan before it finally comes out? Yeah, so do you know around? who
2: initially gets the rights before anyone else? No. It. For a million
1: bucks when the novel is not even purchased.
3: All right, so this is 1993? Yeah. Because yeah. the, like, the Jim
1: 93. Jackson, my question has always been, how does it end up at Raimi when it's such an unconventional it's because it, got... it makes sense that Jax had been pulling for him the whole time. Yes, right.
3: and pursuing. Yeah. And I think Jim... Got the project when he moved over to Paramount. Yes. They they were based at Universal with Alphaville, right? Yes. And then they left and they went to Paramount. And I think when they went to Paramount, there was a
2: it was a distressed
3: project. It you may like, take yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. and this he was able to cherry
1: pick.
2: Is going to blow your
3: mind so, the
1: fucking arc of this.
2: So Mike Nichols buys it. And this is sort of where is Mike Nichols? By so, that, what, what, yeah. this would be
3: post post like postcard from Henry edge, around right, yeah, exactly right. So I could see
2: this. Mike Nichols pays a million dollars for the rights and and says Scott Smith, you're writing the screenplay. Like you know,
1: so brings him in, who'd uh, never written a
3: screenplay before. No, he's
1: a he, right. he wrote a story for the New Yorker that was well received. A literary agent calls him up and said, What else do you have? And he says, I have this novel I wrote five years ago that no one ever bought. And that novel's Simple Plan. Like this it's a This is sitting a bottom a drawer shelf. thing. Yeah. And so they it gets published, it gets bought, film rights acquired immediately. They hire the guy. They go, Mike Nichols bought your fucking script. He wants you to adapt it. Like a total Cinderella story. This guy's beside himself. Straight to the moon. Yeah.
2: So right. then Nichols gives up on it for whatever reason. It's not taking too long. It goes, and Nichols is one of those guys who's attached to a lot of movies. right, right. Goes to Ben Stiller was going to direct it with Nicolas Cage in the lead role. What year is this? This is ninety four. Okay, apparently. so that's
3: post. This would be Stiller after Reality Bites. It's a it, pre Cable yes. Guy. He's, yes. he's done Reality
2: Bites, and they're right. like, "What could he? What else could he do?" Right. And then it goes to John Dahl, I guess, post-last absolutely action. fucking makes total sense. sense. I
1: think, guy. and also, right. shocking Red, Rock, Red, Rock, Red, Red River, Shocking that right. it didn't get made Red Rock with Ross. that guy. Yes. Right. So, that so, is kind of shocking. Right. Stiller brings on Cage. Cage presumably brings on Stahl. Smith has said that Stiller's the one Dahl, who really Dahl. helped him. Dahl, Dahl, sorry.
3: That's right. Why? Well, why do you, Oh, he brings on Dahl because he just did Red, Red Rock Red Red West. West with him. Right. So oh there's. Yeah, like, this is like fucking... A, we're like cops figuring out a forensic murder. <laughs> he brought it. In. <laughs> of course, not West. Why didn't we think of this? Everyone get the string. We got to put the Carrie Matheson board up and figure it out. S-
1: but but like Smith credits Stiller as being the guy who helped him shape the script. He's yeah. like, that's of all the directors I worked with, that was the guy who taught me how to write a screenplay, helped me understand the difference in the mediums, really helped my hand through Interesting. it for years. Yeah. So what,
3: he's attached, but then he's like, fuck it, I want to do Cable Guy.
1: I guess so. Again, he apparently he didn't
2: like, or he was nervous that four, Cage was going to get $4 million to be in it. Maybe he was worried about the budget. So There's let's a, put a
3: pin right there. Cage was going to play the Bill Paxton Yes. Yeah.
1: Now, the other thing I, I read— I
3: think that might have been like— I mean, it's in key. this particular part, it would be like uh, using a Maserati yes. to <laughs> deliver some DoorDash. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's you know, that guy is it's leading with Vegas, and that role year. is yeah. very straight. Yes. It is very straight, man. Yes. It's not it the is. showy role. No, the showy role, and, and is, one of the reasons the I wanted role. to do this, right. One yeah. of my all time favorite and if not my all-time favorite performance in motion pictures and i don't mean like oh i just love it because i'm rooting for this guy or i love uh, the way no no, no. no, i mean this motherfucker has transcended performance into that is not acting that human being exists and they just roped him in for this movie everyone else in this movie is acting and that ain't a bad thing that's what you're about you want to say him Chelsea to do.
2: Ross. I want you to throw a huge curveball. Can you curve believe ball. it? Chelsea Ross. <laughs> the way she took that shot.
3: <laughs> um, everyone else is, is acquitting themselves insanely admirably. Right, yeah. uh, they're doing uh, they're acting, and that's what you want an actor to do is act. Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. Just so, I mean, I'm gonna here, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. Sold his soul to the devil <laughs> for the gift. Of being able to pull that performance together, that human being exists. That's it, not it Billy is, Bob Thornton, right? It, it is astonishing, it's incredible, and how this motherfucker did not win. Yeah, he and How he's not like just we can in talk everything. About that Oscar yeah. risk.
2: Well, let me throw this at you now. Actually, I'll pause because this is I told, I've Dave, I've said this to you, Griffin. Uh-huh. My theory that from '96 to maybe like 03, you can say Thornton's the best actor alive and it's one of give those give me the things, movies give me the movies I'm give the Blade? movies so starting with Sling Blade absolutely movies, right? obviously
3: like he's which a been, lot of people don't appreciate it anymore Remember, for like pre- huge landmark thing i also like for the amount of people that are like my wife about Borat <laughs> right. back in the day oh, they'd be like oh, mm, he was French fried potatoes French I mean, fried potatoes,
2: potatoes Everybody like had had did that had had you ever the listened? face and the voice and yeah. the lines I mean, there's everything have you ever listened to the Armageddon DVD commentary where Affleck Yeah.
3: And to be fair, like anytime I, every,
2: Thornton is on screen, he jumps he just in. Goes right every there. every few months, Twitter rediscovers
3: <laughs> Ben course. Affleck's commentary so on him again. I would suggest you listen to any Ben Affleck commentary pre pre. Um, uh, uh, what was that fucking movie? Uh, um, Pearl Harbor. Sure, sure. Is that he when he finally learned most to maybe not candid go Candid human yeah. being I've ever yeah. met in my life. I honestly feel like I learned. My candid art, the art of being candid, the art of just saying a fucking thing from him. He was guile. I mean, he'll still do it. He'll still do it sometimes. sometimes. He's yeah. but he's yeah. got a governor and has for years in a good <laughs> sure, way, sure. Yeah. Because he would just say like, he, I would be like, "This is shocking. You're allowed to
2: fucking say that." Because in Armageddon, he's like, "That helicopter costs like three hundred grand. I don't know why it's there." You know, he's like, he's calling out. We like, talks about like a Michael Bay was
3: like, where he's like, "Michael, like, why would we send, <laughs> why would we send thrillers to spaces?" I was just like, shut the fuck up, Ben, <laughs> dumbass.
1: <laughs> that, David paid top dollar for the out of print DVD specifically for the commentary. A couple of years ago, he's yeah, like, "I need to fucking watch this." think he's so good he's
3: one i honestly I, I mean it's sidebar but affleck one of the five funniest human beings very i've ever funny. met in my life wow hands down very funny dude anyway. back to
2: Thor- i do want to shout out priestling like one false move is kind of a great un- wonderful un- under also talking, I mean, about what you're in, talking about ties
3: similar... back to the director it was uh, um, uh carl franklin carl franklin yes yeah. um very film noir yeah very coen brothers one false move and blood symbol are perfect uh, uh, double feature, yeah.
1: But but you talking about sort of Cohen's, Raimi, Billy Bob coming from a similar thing. It was that thing where Billy Bob always said like he was a struggling actor. He was working some catering job. I forget who it was. Do you know the story?
3: A struggling actor who was in Tombstone, produced right. by Jim Jacks, right? And he played the the guy. You know who was he was a heavier set get, dude then. Yeah. That's where Jim Jacks comes to know Billy Bob Thornton. Mm-hmm. sits around talking to him between takes, and that's where he's like he builds that connection right. which eventually winds wow. up with Billy Bob yeah. in A Simple Plan
1: I, I forget who it is and I don't know if you remember if you know this anecdote David but he was working a catering job as a struggling actor and he went up to someone I think it was a director but he went up to him and he was like what advice can you give me and the guy was like you gotta write your own material he yeah, was that like, is interesting it's uh, you're a guy where it's I not gonna know. happen Billy, unless... it's Billy
2: Wilder Billy Wilder It's Billy Wilder, Wilder. Billy yep. Wilder He, he was yes. ca- he was like a cater waiter yeah And he's just like, can I talk to you? Like, you know, Billy Wilder's at some industry event. And Billy Wilder is like, you should write if you want to. Billy
1: Bob's like, I can't make it happen. And he's like. Billy Wilder
2: has to be like 89 at this point. Yes.
1: yeah, yeah, Right. Yeah, Maybe
2: not. I don't know. Like late 80s, probably in the 70s. But I think Wilder
1: correctly sees, you're not a conventional type. Right, Right. sure. If Hollywood's going to make sense of you, you have to be the one who packages yourself. So post,
2: yeah. post-Sling Blade, you know, he's got... He, okay, he wins an Oscar, but, like, mm-hmm. he's in The Apostle. He's in u And he wins
1: the Oscar. For writing.
2: Screenplay. For screenplay, but he's not nominated, for Nominated for acting, he loses that. But he does win the Oscar. And,
1: and it was, like...
2: Hollywood
3: Annoying story. Yeah. What a right. guy, you know. He was right. there.
1: He was he was the hero and of that he... Oscar season because it's like this dude wrote, directed, starred. And right. this is pre Angelina
3: Jolie. Yes. Yes, because that that's late nineties. Right. Yes. But
1: that's coming up.
2: That's obviously. the blood in the vial around. Yes. The neck that's that because that's her Oscar year. Or right. maybe not. I can't remember. But so then he's got simple plan. He's got Armageddon, which I think he's incredible. In. He's wonderful in Armageddon. He's he's got primary colors. It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. <laughs> I one of my favorite primary lines. colors. Incredi- playing, I uh, credit he's movie. playing what's his fuck uh,
3: essentially uh, James Carville yes right, and yeah. he's so fun. where he's like uh, um, he's like they started tearing pieces off of my mama she didn't deserve that <laughs> when they're having like a mom thon <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's so fucking good in that movie. All right, what else? He writes The Gift, which I forgot. He's the screenwriter of that movie. That Sam
3: Raimi directs? Sam Raimi
2: film, yeah. And what year is that? That's 2000. He also writes and directs All the Pretty Horses, which is the whole Mishigas, right, right, where the the, movie gets taken away from him. Did you, by the way, see the crazy
1: detail that the first time Nichols leaves Simple Plan, it's because he wants to develop All the Pretty Horses instead? Oh, that's crazy. So all
2: this stuff is just floating around. Uh then in 2001, he's got Monsters Ball, Bandits, Man Who Wasn't There. The right, kind of crazy... Monsters
1: Ball. Right.
3: Bandits. Yeah. And that's the Willis movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and the a Cohen Brothers wasn't there. Yes. movie.
2: But that's like yes. where he's a lead in three really weird different movies. And it's like this guy is a lead. I guess, right? Yeah, like, yeah. this guy is a, a marquee guy. And it was the challenging Coen
3: brothers, too. One yeah. of the first challenging and Coen he's brothers. And really still like, one that's of their most problems. challenging
1: movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a very cold movie. And then movie. It, in yeah.
2: 2003, he's in Bad Santa. And it's like, it's a hit. It's a, you know, it's comedy Wygoff, that goes, goes over. the yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And then he pops up in Love Actually. He's really funny in one scene in Intolerable Cruelty. You're kind of like... Intolerable Cruelty, side note. On Jim, Jim
3: Jack's, Jack's cards, right. wow, was intolerable cruelty. That was the Cohen brothers' script. Yeah. Right. that he was just like, I'm going to work with the Cohens again. Right, and it eventually he let it go to to uh, what was his name, Ron Howard. Uh, they uh, produced Brian it. Graser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Wound yeah, yeah, up imagine. Cohen brothers. Cohen brothers. Right. Wound Coen up under, directing. right. Yeah. They yeah. were originally hired. I think. Just I to think write Jim it. Yeah. is. I don't think Jim's name is on okay. no. Intolerable Cruelty. But he developed that originally. He, it was okay. his okay. forever. He was, it was on the cards. He's like, I'm going to do this with the Coens. And then Ron Howard was going to make Intolerable Cruelty for years. Right. And then eventually, the Coen brothers circled back to it. I love that movie. And did I did it. Yeah, I think it, was it was very underrated. underrated. I think it's yeah. hugely underrated. Very underrated.
2: And then in 2004, he's got Friday Night Lights, which he's really great in. And nobody thinks about the and movie and that anymore. that created a
3: fucking yeah. Yeah, a movement. Yeah.
2: And then... Then it's like, what happened? Like, then then, then so it's what over. happens?
3: What's the one? Well, I
2: don't really know. It's like the Bad News Bears remake. Right. He tries
1: to Which,
3: Alamo which movie, You're, you're you following, know. you're doing Richard Linklater After School of Rock. Yeah. And you're doing, the you Bad know, Santa Buttermaker thing. part. You're doing Bad you're Santa. You're everyone's favorite curmudgeon. Everything on paper right. should have worked. About right. That, right. He except the Bad to, News Bears. He does Bears, a lot of Bad Santa. Movie, the first e-
2: one movies like School for Scoundrel, Mr. Woodcock. A lot of these kind of like Ain't I a
3: Todd stinker. Phillips is School for Stinker. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah.
1: He's he's like finally got this quantified here's what your leading man movie persona is. You're the asshole. Right. And he sort of says in interviews like I don't know people like it they're paying me money to do it. Like just, he was I he feel like he got, got sick of it. Cuz he he he's he's well, he at right? a certain point he yeah. went
3: more musical, right? Yeah, he started yeah, leaning into, into his doing, band, right, and yeah. then he was on that. Uh, he does that show, show yes, in Toronto. Right. Well, I mean, that's that where asshole. he was like, "Hey, I want to ask you about uh, your band," and he got real hostile. No, he
1: wanted to ask him about acting. He, he was, was like, "I'm to here talk to talk about talk his music. band." Right, right. And Kevin, he wanted to talk
3: about acting. Even and
1: he turned fucking on him. wilder than that. It what is, was it? That interview is one of the best films of the 2000s. <laughs> it is incredible, and it's also one of those things very similar to the interview. Are you talking about the insult he
2: delivered to Canadian people on that? So when he called
1: them mashed down. potatoes without the gravy. Yes, yeah.
2: just, <laughs> just a <laughs> so real. He says that pride in the interview. So he yes. said
1: Canadian people are like mashed potatoes without the gravy. He, it's inc- it's incredible. Every Whoa. piece of that Whoa. is so beautifully written, <laughs> as it were. Uh, there's there's the interview uh, years later where George Lucas goes on Charlie Rose after the Disney mm-hmm. deal. And he describes Disney's as white slavers who sold that. his baby. Yeah. And uh, my buddy Connor Rowlett, the host of the George Lucas talk show, always makes the joke that somehow, somehow within five years of that interview, George Lucas is the least problematic of the two people in that room, <laughs> right? That Charlie Rose looks worse. And right. it's the same thing with Gene Gomeshi, right? Right, right, right. Where, like, right. horrible allegations come <laughs> out about him five years later. At the time, everyone was like, Billy Bob Thornton, what an asshole. And now Billy Bob Thornton kind of comes off well in that interview. But it was... In the introduction, he's outlining, like, the band's called the Box Tops. They release six albums a year. It's one of those, like, wildly prolific bands, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, like, the four members of the band are this, 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 and that. You might recognize their drummer from his day career as a movie actor. Anyway, here are the Box Tops. And Billy Bob Thornton was incensed that in the introduction, Right, how dare you. There were no questions about acting. And he's sitting there silently. Every time he asks him a question, he's monosyllabic. Then at some point he starts asking about musical influences and he goes off into like, when I was a kid, I read famous Monsters of Filmland magazine, Forrest J. Ackerman, Ackerman. and I would get models and paint them. And then he'd be like, okay, so um, on your second album, and he kept asking questions, there was a contest to design your own monster makeup. And he keeps doing this, and Chiengameshi is like, I'm sorry, I don't think I see the the connection here. And he was like, well, if you're... Want to interview me as if this is a fucking hobby? I'll tell you about my other hobbies. <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> right? He d- he does it genius. six times before he connects the dots, and right. he was like, "You were explicitly told not to mention," and he was like, "I was told not to ask questions about it. I just thought the context was necessary." And and then he starts attacking it's, the entire nation Canadians of Canada. Potatoes How long does it last? Like at forty-five minutes? It's long. Know, I, yeah, yeah. It's
3: incredible. I remember watching it when it when it happened because it was a buzzy. everyone's yeah. like, "Did you fucking?" See Billy Bob, and it's it is so cringe and awkward as you're watching. Right, it's tough to watch something. And, like that. and I'm no fan of the other guy. Y- yes, right. So no one who this guy uh, is but, really. But it's tough to root for Billy Bob because it's like, I mean, you are an actor, bro. Absolutely. I, he, like he, he ever, seems like a maybe a bit
2: of a tough customer. World yeah.
3: knows you as an actor, and the guy didn't even like. He was just like. You might recognize him as an actor, anyway. All he said n- I, was not going to ask. It a wasn't single like, "Hey question. man, what is Kate Blanchett?" Right, like? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> oh my god. But then you, the other thing is, you watch this video and you're like, "This is an incredible Billy Bob Thornton performance." Right. Like if this happened in a Cohen S- Brothers movie, you'd be like, "He's, he's not fucking being a regular asshole." Yeah. He's he's yeah.
2: right. He's really he's like, "All right, I'm going to be an asshole." Like. Right. I do feel like the All the Pretty Horses thing, or maybe the Angelina thing, kind of broke him. I think both yeah, I on would, that front. I, would,
3: I don't know about All the Pretty Horses. Because,
2: you know, at the end of the day,
3: you're making a Miramax movie. Yeah. You can't be surprised. Right, it got fucked with. Yeah, but, if somebody yeah, yeah. like comes in and but, takes it away and tries to edit it, especially if you've got a major movie star in it and it's expensive. It's one of those classic But I'm not things saying like everyone should have like, happened.
2: Oh, his cut was so good. And yeah. It doesn't exist. From like you can't find it. His
3: cut the first cut of the movie was brilliant. He's yeah. doing everything that happened after that was. Yeah. Really but crum- yeah, maybe the
2: Angelina thing. The, the I crazy press that, of that. Because
3: that relationship, like, you know, like think of any like what's her um the girl who was in um, the Transformers movies. Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. And sure. she's dating somebody. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. And every, I was going to say, we all know that, I don't know their names, but we <laughs> all know that they're together <laughs> yes. and stuff like that. And we like keep that. reading
1: stories about, like, what are the weird things they do as a couple? Which yeah, it's become Billy the weird. Bob and Angelina a, were that. They,
2: they were that.
3: They at were that. that. Time. They're on they, the
1: red carpet and the paps are like, do something weird. Right.
3: And she, it was the, I think they she, both wore they the vials, vials of, bloods. Bloods. Yes. of each other's right. blood, which yes. now in retrospect, like in the time, you were like, oh my God. God, that's so out there. But now it's like, uh eh. Who
1: cares? Yeah, yeah. it's
3: like, what, well, you got a little Theranos thing right, around right, your
1: neck? Right. <laughs> right on, good for you. So you know those do work, right? Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. It is funny. I mean, the other thing that happens to Billy Bob is like, right, he starts focusing a lot on his music. He still does movies, but you look in pretty much everything from like 2012 on is not He doesn't do a lot good. of movies. Yeah. Lately and, he's right.
3: been doing that show on That's the thing.
1: He moves Amazon? to TV faster than a lot of guys. Yeah. So he, did he does that, that first show. season of Fargo.
3: Right. And he's quiet, oh, really right. good on Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot the first
1: season. But when season that was announced, it was like, why is Billy Bob Thornton doing a TV show? And why, and why then is he you're doing like, Fargo? Right. Like, he worked with the Coen brothers. Why right. is he doing this TV show? Yeah, party? that was Five the years weird... away from everyone doing any show like that, you know? Maybe he did a chasing show Goliath. material, and the material
3: right. moved to streaming. Yeah, right. he saw it early.
1: quiet seasons of Goliath. That show has been on the air since 2016.
3: That's my wife, to this day, is just like, I will re-watch it with you. You know, we have a thing where it's like, why you start watching? I'm not going to watch it now and stuff she's like I will totally rewatch it with you he is so wonderful in this so apparently he's doing strong work yeah. in Goliath but as said very quiet Maybe very quiet talks about it no it's I mean weird. but uh, that's an Amazon show right yeah what is the biggest Amazon show uh, The Boys
2: The Boys The Boys is pretty big that's and that is punch in, and that has yeah. punched through. but there's the only mainstream. you're right that yeah. there's only a couple that yeah. people talk
3: about yeah yeah the, They're. Yeah. I mean they're kind of like apple to that you know tra- transparent ted, had a ted, moment yeah. Bla- uh, uh, fucking what's his name again ted, ted lasso Blas- God, yeah. i was gonna say blast i was like teddy blasso ted Blas- i Blas- 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 yeah. teddy blassey freddy blassey uh ted lasso but other than that
1: yes so far the that, brand you're hard not, to my yeah, yeah. yeah. entire thing. experience working on the tick was constantly feeling the pressure of that them was, being like we need one of these things to punch through that was amazon that was amazon that was amazon, that was amazon. and it was like we have some things that critics like they have and Maisel, win awards, right? and no one watches yeah, them that's we, right they're right, mazel that was their big that was their until, Emmy winner
3: until the boys that was the yeah. one that was the billboards yeah
1: but it was always like it's "We neat. have respectability we want the thing that the culture actually cares about. Right. All right. Well, yeah. all right, back to simple plan. Back okay. to simple plan. So Scott Rudin somehow <laughs> Jeff takes Bezos over had a simple movie. plan. He had a very well, simple
2: plan. It just didn't plan out.
1: We were, so, we were on Billy Bob. We were, yeah. I, got, I Did Rudin,
2: I, I don't know. At some point, Rudin brings on John Borman. And I'm trying to wonder. So think, wait, well, is Rudin so, a producer on this movie? He's not, but I guess he was
1: he briefly was involved in charge originally, of it. And he was at Paramount at
2: that yeah, time. And there's Paramount.
3: no way on earth that a book yes. movie right. it was doesn't have his fingerprints right, exactly. on it somewhere. This so is, I suspect he was involved earlier during the Mike Nichols era probably. Right. And then when Jim got involved this is the thing. He
1: probably wanted it free of Scottish. Brought- There's the Barry Diller thing. A Barry Diller thing. I think it was set up at a. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what Diller. company it was, but it was set up at a production company through the original Mike yeah. Nichols setup, and then Diller bought that company and was like, "I don't want to fucking make this." Savoy, I think it's Savoy, yeah. and Savoy. there was like yeah. fire sale, selling off all the property, right, and right. that's Root when and Paramount grabs buys it. it as a pack. Did right. they
3: have the buffalo as their as their? Yes, I think so. As their logo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it
1: up for yeah. you.
2: Savoy Pictures,
3: like Savoy, one or I'm three buffaloes. Yes, something. three
1: buffaloes. Yeah,
2: with kind of a you know. A, a blind, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, so yeah, so Rudin picks it up. He hires John Borman, who's kind of in the downswing of his career, to direct. To mm. direct, they cast they cast Paxton and Thornton. No, I
3: did read an interview so with wait, Paxton before. Ramy comes on. Yes. Borman was going to direct. Yes, him. briefly. Borm- John Borman of Mosquito Coast and Deliverance, right? And- yeah, and yeah. And yeah. Hope yeah. And Excalibur, Excalibur, yes. Yes.
2: exactly. Yeah, not Mosquito Coast. Who did Mosquito Coast?
1: Miss oh, Peter that Pierce? was... Oh, uh, uh, Peter Weir? Peter Weir. Yes. My bad, that's my bad. Um, of course. I, I did read some interview Exorcist where... Exorcist 2, though, that's poor. Paxton, and said, Paxton said that he and Billy Bob had been attached to one of the earlier versions. I'm wondering if it was a Jim Jacks thing, but that at some point someone was like, you know who would be perfect as the two brothers? Paxton and Billy Bob. They really wanted to do it. It went away. It went through a couple more directors, and then Borman is the one who finally hires them on. He doesn't cast Bridget Fonda, but Borman... Signs on the two of them. I could
3: see Jacks pulling from too. They're both Tombstone alumnus yeah. who he spent a great deal of time with, both right. Bill Paxton and, and uh, um, Billy Bob. But then well. the, and the they,
1: whole... I, No, I was just going to say very quickly.
3: Is this where Bridget Fonda meets Danny Elfman? Yes. Yep. On this movie. Yes. Yeah. And they get married.
2: Yeah. And she kind of retires from acting. Still married. She's like, I love that score so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that haunting good. piano. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd like to fuck the score. I'd settle for fucking the <laughs> yeah. man who wrote
3: it. I will be with the man who wrote the score. That brilliant man. Um, uh, no, the other thing I going to say. She's wonderful in the movie. Oh, she's incredible. And does so much of the heavy lifting and gets no credit. Absolutely. Yeah. But sure. she's Lady Macbeth, she's Iago, she's... Yeah. It's a tough role. Oh, it's a... she's And she's, f- really and she's fantastic.
2: She
1: is. I was going to say, and I'm, I'm sorry because I know you're ahead, burning to say the thing. Paxton and Billy Bob have the thing where they're also like filmmakers. That's true. They have that Bruce Campbell thing where it's like these guys love Paxton frailty. They're not just team. actors. Right way of Paxton directed Frailty, you're right, I forgot. It's a good movie. But also he was like a Corman guy. Like he met Cameron, I think he was a set dresser for Corman movies.
3: That's how I met him for reality.
1: We're going to talk about that. The Bruce Campbell sort of like, I want to be helping to make the pictures. I'm not just the handsome guy at the center.
2: Wow, I didn't know that. The crucial thing, and it is funny to think about, is Thornton's attached to this project, but then post-Sling Blade, he is so hot that they're like, we have to make this movie right now. Because he's fucking booked, book, booked. Right. So if we're gonna delay this shit again, he's not gonna be in it. So it's Thornton's busy schedule. All of a sudden, this guy who is like a total journeyman. A couple years before yeah. nobody even heard of right. except Couldn't Billy Wilder
3: helps. at a catering event. Yeah.
2: So that's <laughs> Raimi had been in the mix, I think, when Savoy had the rights, right? You know, but when they're in rush mode, Rudin basically says, like, we need to go right now. You're actually not my top choice. But like, but like whatever. And then
1: somehow Rudin disappears, but Raimi stays on, and they go. And like, and Borman was far enough along that he was doing location scouting, and the movie was such a moving train that when Raimi comes on, he's like, I just trust the locations are right. Let's work on new things. Yeah. Like, he was a, wow. he was inheriting a, a moving train. And that's
3: that's gotta be Jim. It has to be. That's gotta be Jim going, like, do me a solid. yeah, And
2: I'll win you an award. Right. I mean, and it should have. I guess it's a tough year it's the yeah what else was up that it, year? it's the same private ryan shakespeare and love like year like those two go a war you know billy bob loons loses to james coburn in affliction which is a good performance but it is for also best supporting yeah it is also kind of a career award for yeah, coburn. that was more like hey, he's but Col- the favorite from- that year right. had been ed harris ed harris Four. for the truman show which is like, okay, he's making a face. Kevin's making a Kevin's face. Kevin's
3: making a face. I, look, I love me some Ed Harris. Although recently I heard from somebody who worked on an Ed Harris movie that he was a
2: yeller. I, I, I have, have heard, heard that, that he is a, is a terrifying person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I interviewed a, him a once. friend, was friend of mine was just like,
3: I was like, oh, how's he? Because he always, I've, I've always yeah. loved Harris. He's like, he's he yells. That's what I've heard. He yells at famous people. And I was like, yeah. well, that's, that's <laughs> the kind of yelling that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People talk about. You, you, you yeah. got to be really confident yeah. in what you're yelling about if you're gonna yell at a famous person.
2: Um, he Ed Harris had like won the golden. He was for so he was picking up the precursors, and I guess it was sort of a. It's Ed Harris. He's never won Apollo thirteen. Like it's time. I mean,
1: give it to Coburn kind of snuck in.
2: Glen Gary, Glen Ross.
3: Right I mean,
1: then. Ed Harris is good in a lot of movies, but re-watching this, I did have the thought, how the fuck it did is Billy crazy Bob that Thornton Bob not win? win. Was, especially but he had just
2: won an Oscar. I know, but not but if for acting. Writing.
1: I know, I know, I know. It just feels like it's the kind of anointment they would have wanted to give him at a time where he had all the heat momentum, and it's just an
3: unreal performance. It is, it, it's uh, unparalleled. I, I challenge you to find a performance that's so not a performance. Yeah. This guy is fucking living, breathing flesh, the character of Jacob.
1: And he's like doing a mild physical transformation. Like he's changing his look. He's got this stammer. Like it's not like he he's making choices. And it's yeah. a character that on paper you could make a real meal out of. And he is underplaying everything so much. Where sure. you Just buy him as a real. That
2: guy. might be the other reason he doesn't win.
1: He almost he doesn't
2: have the sort of crazy He not lean clip. into it. Yeah, that that
4: people will be like, "Well, fuck, actually, he's got to take it."
1: Ben's burning up with a take here. Uh the look
4: in this movie. It is special. It, it is, is special. so like it is like basically every work from home like graphic designer living in Bushwick, wearing Carhartts with double knee like pants. He's become like, the
1: hippest guy in the world. It's now, kind of hilarious yeah. how he's glasses, coded right. as, yeah, as being right. kind of
4: like bumbling and right, like, right. like you know, yes. very out of touch, out yeah. of time, and like currently that is like the now, hottest now thing. Now right he's now. Ed Sheeran.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. So this guy now dates Julia Fox, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you walk to a party and you're like, I can't blame her. That guy looks cool. But to be fair,
3: you're in the world of the movie. Who would you rather hang out with? Bill Paxton or fucking? Jacob or Hank? It, it's, Hands down, Jacob. It he's is, a nice guy. He's it, not judgy. Yeah.
1: he's loves his dog. Paxton's wound so tight. So I don't want to hang out with that guy. It's kind of the thing he's that's most impressive about this movie to me is that it establishes him as like, well, this is obviously your normal guy at the center of the film. Right. right. These two guys are fuck ups. You got an idiot. And a sort of rage cage. And here's the guy who's got the level, sort of pragmatic view of everything. He's the smart guy. He's the one who's Mm. like, all right, gentlemen, let's all take a second. You know, that's right. Yeah. Right. And Jacob's like a, a, a figure of sympathy. Right. Right. And then as the movie goes on, you're like, he's got a lot of fucking unresolved issues here. And Jacob is so pure in his understanding of everything and a lot smarter than he appears he's, to he, be he, right, at first. Yeah. He, he knows things that
2: Paxton can't confront.
1: He Hag, has a, has a, a kind just of wearing wisdom. blinders. About, when he right. finds
2: out that his father killed himself, he's like, what? The, the best scene in that the movie. Maybe oh. the best scene in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of good scenes in this movie. Um, they sh- they were supposed to shoot in Minnesota. Some El Nino ship meant that there was no snow on the ground. So mm-hmm. they were like completely fucked. Also had,
3: happened when, when we were making Mallrats in 95. Cohen brothers were making Fargo,
2: right? And they had they and they had, had no to chase snow, right?
3: snow all over Minnesota. They left Minnesota, right. and Went over to fucking Dakota or
2: whatever. When we that's were, like a notorious. We were getting
3: snow reports from their set all the time that's because so Jim Jack, yeah. right, was very tight with uh, the Cohen brothers.
2: As he at least he claimed, as yes. he told yeah. you over and
3: over. He did, yeah. He um, did. You know, when they made Intolerable Cruelty, I was like, he did know those <laughs> fucking guys. <laughs> They're buddies. My favorite. This is my favorite poignant uh, Sam Raimi story. Uh, James Jack's, uh, um, you know, he wanted, he wanted to make a hit so fucking bad. You know, he thought mall was going to make a hundred million bucks. He was wrong. He thought days was going to make a hundred million bucks. He was fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> they, he had, they,
2: they, they, they lasted. They, yeah, he yeah.
3: was right about they what they were. Yeah, he right. was just couldn't get the box office. Right. But he wanted like a fucking legit hit cause yeah. he knew that would open doors and make right. life easier and stuff and he eventually got those hits with the mummy. He made the yep. series mummy movies and Jim and, and, finally got to the you know top of the mountain where he wanted to be and stuff. Um, he like for the years that we knew him, he was always trying to make shit like the Jackal, which eventually got made, yep. um, projects that would come to life, like after the mummy, mm. he had an easier time doing things. Uh, he, uh, was doing a treadmill one day, and his assistant went out to get him his breakfast, and came home, and the treadmill was running, and Jim was not. He was on the floor. He had a mass heart attack, fucking died. So they have a funeral for this guy, of course. And uh, I think Jim had like a Catholic background, if I remember correctly, because um, he liked dogma an awful lot. Said he understood it. You know. <laughs> so there's going to be a, a you know a funeral service at uh, that church in um beverly hills it's like catholic church that's on the strip okay um you know uh, i i'm driving to it i try to get some people to go with me call up jason muse i was like jim passed away man we're gonna go to his funeral he's like oh no i'm busy (laughs) ask scott i was like you want to go and he's like no i'm doing some stuff and whatnot So I was driving over and I was like, man, this motherfucker. Like, just as I felt like, you know, those fuckers, he would talk about all those people. And why didn't they ever reach back? Like, why, how come, you know, he thought so fondly of them and not vice versa and shit like that. And I was driving over and I was working myself up into this like bitter frenzy where I'm like, it's fucking Tuesday at noon in Hollywood. Nobody's going to be in this church. Like, I'm going to be the only one there. And like, maybe his brother in that fucking coffin And all those people that he put on the fucking path can't be bothered to fucking, you know, be there for him and shit. So I get to the church, I park, I walk into the back of the church, and I stand in the back of the church because there's not a fucking seat available. And the whole ride I was over driving over there going, like, all these fucking people, man, like, fucking, you know, he's always always talking about fucking Sam Raimi. Who do I see? Mid-fucking aisle, like, halfway up, right on the aisle, Sam Raimi and sitting there it was beautiful to see the man get his flowers granted he was passed but it seemed to indicate that he was right all the things he ever said he was tight with these folks and you know they had life is such that you move on to other things like there are people you work very closely with on a movie set. It's like going to camp and you're like, we're never going to be apart. We'll see you next summer. <laughs> fucking like, we built strong bonds. And then 10 years, 15 years go by sure. and you don't see a motherfucker and stuff. So what I misconstrued as people being like, oh, they lost interest in Jim yeah. and moved fucking on. They were just doing their thing until they could circle back. And, you know, granted, I'm, I ain't taking anything away from the people that worked with them, but like, you know, I'm sure it was easier for them all to say yes after... The mummies movies, you know, sure. when, when he was on a roll and stuff like that. But this dude was, like, such a fucking champion for everybody. And at the end of the day, they came out for him. We go to the, there's a repast or whatever the fuck, you, you know, where you get together and eat yeah. afterwards. That motherfucker was great. We go to Craig's because he used to go to... Dan Tana's all the, the time.
2: Apparently the shrimp parm is named after him.
3: Named after Jim Jackson cool. and Craig's. Oh, he wait. he knew, I guess Craig was, I don't know much about the restaurant business in L.A., but apparently the guy who started Craig's was a guy who worked at Dantana's forever. Jim ate there all the time. Guy left Craig and started Craig's or whatever the fuck. And so Jim went over there. And so he would apparently like have a fucking lunch or dinner. It was so fucked up. We, we go to the repast um everyone's sitting around it's like a viking funeral we're all telling stories about jim um you know and sean daniel's like kevin talk about jim and i was like well anybody in this room knows that jim had his own catchphrase um same way that sam raimi was like hey buddy buddy come on buddy oh buddy jim jacks would say like you know to punctuate (laughs) Mm -hmm. any joke he had so he'd be like uh You know, uh, Billy Bob. He's now he looks like Ed Sheeran. You know, like you know, like you know, (laughs) like (laughs) like, you know. And it was your cue to like, like laugh, yeah, Yeah, yeah. clap, please, or whatever that fucking politician said. So he would do it all the time. Like it was a, it was almost like a nervous punctuation. Uh, I would go so far as to say, like a Tourette's condition but, no,
1: but I, I've gotten was... noted for doing similar things on a podcast like people listen to you for hours and they're like why is every sentence in with that same fucking thing yeah. it,
3: and it wasn't like Bart Simpson's like you know fucking eat my shorts it wasn't a catchphrase right. I don't know that he was conscious it was like of a it. tick it was, it was a tick yeah, yeah, yeah. me yeah. and Mosier one day saw him do it for a minute and 12 seconds straight <laughs> without breathing it was a fucking craziest thing he said something that made him laugh so hard he goes I get Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, he wound down and then got to the floor and like, you know, know, and then went for a second fucking round and it was unbelievable. So I tell that story and everyone's fucking laughing and shit like that. And I said, but be honest with you, as I was driving over to the funeral and I told him a story that I told you guys, I was a little bitter because I thought the place would be fucking empty and shit. I was like, this was a guy who we'd go out to dinner with him all the time. He would tell us stories about these great filmmakers, like Sam Raimi and stuff like that. And uh, when I was driving over, I was like, is Sam Raimi even gonna be there? And I was like, and Sam was in the room, like looking at me. And I was like, Sam, when I walked into the church and saw you there, that, you know, I'm I'm an old Catholic and I let it all slip away, but that really did make me feel like there could be a God. Like the fact that you showed up for the man, like really meant the world to me and i know it ain't about me but i know if it meant the world to me bro jim would have been fucking in tears like to know that you were a true friend not just a a work buddy not just somebody who's transactional in his life and stuff so uh you know i said my piece and made people happy and i was like i've done i've done good here today and i'm gonna leave this fucking wake and stuff like that and i'm almost at the door i almost get out clean and then a filmmaker stops me uh, whose name I don't know, younger cat. And he goes, hey, man, I'm this cat. And I said, how are you? And uh, he goes, um, I just wanted to tell you, like you were talking about how you you and Scott would go out with Jim, and he would tell you stories about Sam Raimi and stuff like that. And the Cohen brothers, as I told him, the Billy Bob and the Cohens thing. And he goes, well, like he did that with us. He's like, me and my friends, like we did the same thing with Jim. We just did it like... At Craig's, we would come here every Thursday night and sit around and talk about movies and bullshit. And he would tell stories, war stories about making movies and stuff. I was like, "That's awesome! That's what he used to do with us." And then the guy fucking devastates me because he goes, "The only difference is all the stories were about
2: you." Right? You became. I've yeah. I've it fucking
3: Aww. leveled me yeah. right then yeah. and there, man. Like I was like, and then I thought about the judgment that I would cast on the other filmmakers. Like, oh, they never reached right. back. You're worried that you come off that way? Yeah. I, like, didn't, I didn't reach back. Yeah. No. Like, I remember being on the set of Dogma,
0: uh-huh. and
3: there we are working with two of the biggest movie stars on the planet at the moment. Kind of your blank check. One of which he yeah, let yeah. be in Mallrats, even though he didn't want him. Yeah. like He was like, don't hire the Affleck guy. Curse, you. he's got a potty mouth. He's like, there are too many curses in the script already. He's like, I remember him on Days of Confuse. He raised the fuck count of that movie. <laughs> And so And he'll be a nightmare
2: on your commentary. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> he'll take it over. He'll be so much funnier than you. So Jim, you know, was it, when when we when I was like, Jim, Ben is like the best guy for the role. Like he just seems like the guy. Right. He was like, oh fuck, all right. But you know, it'd sit there and chit-chat with with Ben throughout production. Ben would tease him all the time and stuff because they had like days of confused stories to talk about. And like Ben would just flat out be like. Kevin, don't listen to this man. He told Rick Linklater the same things. Look at what happened to Days of Confused. Do your own thing. Like right in front of Jim, he'd be like, shut up, shut up, Ben. <laughs> um, he came to the Dogma set. And there we are shooting fucking Ben and Matt um, right before they go off to win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Right. We were shooting at the airport.
2: This this, year, this very year. They left from about, the airport right? where yeah.
3: we were shooting them right. in the airport to go receive their Oscar. Wow. Jim rolls up, unannounced... Hey, I just happened to be in town. And, you know, he knows me. He knows Scott. He knows Ben very well. Um, Jason Muse. And, you know, I didn't facilitate. I wasn't like, uh, hey. This is Jim. Well, they knew each other. But I wasn't like, why don't you guys take some time to talk? Like, Sure. Ben was like, you know, like he wants me to do a movie that I don't want to do. And I was like, oh. And,
2: it, you know, it, it was weird to suddenly... But you feel bad that you weren't kind of like, come on, Ben, like, yeah. he was there for well, us. especially because right, I was yeah, so judgy
3: right. about, like, oh, he talks about all these filmmakers. Where are the sure, 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 sure. I, right. I literally became the filmmaker. I realized, like, in that moment when that motherfucker talked to me and said, all that we talked about was you, like, I realized, like, I became that fucking guy that I judged. Like, I would pass Jim Jack's house... Um, like I moved to California in 2002 and we you know, we'd hung out with Jim '95. We fucking lived in his house. We didn't go stay in a hotel when we made mall rats. Like in pre-production, me and Scott stayed at Jax's house. And then during post-production, we stayed at Jim Jax's house and stuff. We were saving money rather than stay at the Universal Sheridan, but also like Jim at a home theater. He would take us to like uh, Dave's laser and buy a fucking laser disc. Yeah. buy every laser disc that came out. This is a guy who taught us shit, important shit that nobody like you know, you rarely see meet an elder statesman in the business tells you how to conduct yourself, right? And this guy would talk about we'd go to laser, Dave's laser, he'd buy literally every every laser disc, every and then later on every DVD. And you'd be like, Jim, why are you buying Joanna Man? You're, <laughs> you're never gonna watch this. And in fact, I know you have a copy at home. You're so the... this is a second buy. And you know, you never blast him about that because you could pick through and he'd let you have the extras of his laser disc. I said, Jim, why are you buying this? You're never gonna watch it. And he goes, uh My whole life, I wanted to be in the movie business. And now the movie business pays my salary. Everything that I buy in this world, that money comes from the movie business. I think I have to put my money back into this business. I have to support the business that supports me. He's going, so I'm buying all these filmmakers' films, and part of it is selfish because I'm looking for the next thing. But I hope to God they're buying my movies as well. He's like, that's how this thing works.
1: What's so funny about this, I mean, you know, we do every movie when we pick a director, right. right? And we end up spending so much time thinking about these people, not just watching their films in order and spending months chronologically doing, doing all the research and reading these interviews and their collaborators and all this sort of stuff. And I feel True. like very often we do have those questions where we're like, why didn't they ever work together ever again? Yeah. You know, someone sure. has a fruitful collaboration. and Like we were just saying, like, why isn't Russell Crowe in Spider-Man right.
2: 3? Why but didn't also, he play Venom?
1: Like, why was there never another Bruce vehicle after Army of Darkness? Sure. He would give right. Bruce small roles, but why did he never use the clout to make another Bruce vehicle? You know, why didn't the Coen brothers and Raimi ever write together again, especially when the Coen brothers are coming off of Fargo and Raimi's in sort of like a downslope and all these sorts of things. But careers do have these weird it's ebbs not, and flows. I, Honestly, like, yeah. I mean, is, and I'm it's sure so hard to make some... a fucking movie. Like,
3: there are some instances where it's personal animus where so most sure. of didn't get along I'm not working like, with that guy working but it. often yeah,
1: you yeah. hear those it does but, I, I but feel like yeah. seep out the when there's I a falling out The thing I just told
2: out. you about the eight people who almost made this movie right. and the, you know yeah. it's
1: like this stuff is so
2: alchemical where it's like so difficult for even a successful movie that people want to make to actually get made
3: It is but, I, but, especially yeah. when the audience looks at it and they're like oh, come on so much crap gets made and it's like
1: you'd be shocked
3: like for the everyone gauntlet that that crap had to fucking go through to
1: actually get made I mean the thing to me is that like we've we have been missing david and i the piece of how does Ramy become the choice i understand it was a last minute thing it was a flyer or whatever but jim jacks is clearly the missing piece here feels like it i mean had, i can't yeah. say for sure, sure but no no, no, like, no but based like on those cards yeah, he's on the one who's like come s- on circling sam's,
2: sam's a good choice because rudin told sam like you are not my first choice yeah like which makes sense oh, because one, Scott Rudin is, seems like a real I mean, rude the guy. Yeah, the like, he's ever been that rude two, to anybody. This I know, is, <laughs> so it seems so uncharacteristic. Yeah. But two, this is not the moment where everyone is like, Sam Raimi's about to win an Oscar. No, right? You know, this is a bit of a no, murky time true. for
1: him. True. And, true. and you saying yeah. this is such a sort of left field turn. This is such a different thing in his body of work. I'd seen this movie once before. I loved it, but I'd only seen it one time. Mm. And then I, I started rewatching it last night. And there was something that finally clicked for me because I'd always been like, what a weird sort of like curve, you know, this off-ramp his career takes into these three sort of prestigey studio dramas before he comes all the way so back wait, around. this
3: gift and what's the, uh, For Love of the Game. The, for the, love of the, game, the, the Kevin Costner baseball yeah, movie, yeah. And Which, then, with a the gun to my head- I probably would not have remembered and was Sam Raimi. Right. That's the weirdest I would have been that's like that. That's feels that's like a Nancy biggest, Myers like, movie. Huh? <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I
1: don't know, like incredibly bizarre, and right? no shade
3: on Nancy Myers. Folks. No, I don't want to be dragged on Twitter going like, "Oh, listen, is him coming for Nancy yep. Myers." She just makes a very specific Absolutely. kind of glossy studio movie, which yep. that feels more like. Absolutely, I, 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 no, no, honestly, it is. I, it's the I'm only now going to Me- watch that movie. I, I've never watched. I hate fucking baseball, but I do love baseball
2: movies. Same. Baseball movies are good. It's they are. I, it's the only movie I've never seen, and I am like I'm interested to see like it's is there something up for you guys this? yeah because yeah. it's yeah. the future yeah it's I, the next it's the next, it's one. next one after yes. this this is what he did he did that he does this and then for he love does of the, the game gift. the next year and the gift the year after that it's three movies 98 99 2000 it's like a perfect trilogy of his adult s- of
3: him like swinging for an oscar oscar drama like him, yes. and, yeah. and, and, and you know what i'm gonna take a guess here mm. based on my career based on careers of others people i've spoken to um that is an external—I'm not going to say pressure, but influence. He has talked about— that, I don't think yeah. Sam Raimi is like, I want to win an Oscar. I think it's a bunch of people going, yep. you're grown up now. Yep.
1: You've done Enough a lot. Enough with the shenanigans. Yes, now it's sure. your time. I think right. there's an additional thing, which is he came up with the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. They were all making kind of goofball, sort of like genre right. lark movies. Even, running around even with th- cameras, literally right. running around with cameras. Right, and then they have Fargo, Right. Fargo, which is their recovery film after Hudsucker, Hudsucker, is their first big flop, which is the one they write with Raimi. Yeah. And the only other... They wrote other... Hudsucker with Raimi. Yeah. Yes. Oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he put himself in the fucking put script. put himself in the fucking <laughs> movie. So I think, like, those guys suddenly become legitimate. They're serious filmmakers now. And people still view Raimi as, like, this sort of, like, genre-obsessed kid, you know? And the Hudsucker of it all
3: you can't discount, too. Right. Because having been involved in a movie that did not succeed. Yeah. Or, or,
2: or. Yeah. That costs a lot of money sure. and you disappointed.
3: But what happens right. is it's just like, if you know your, your Bible stories is just like when Jesus gets arrested. Yeah. All the apostles are like, huh? Who? Uh, Jesus. Right. What? I don't know. that guy. never met him. And a yeah. cock's crowing somewhere. Like right. nobody knows each other up until the moment the movie comes out. You're like, we're bonded for life. Yeah. Motherfucker. We made this thing together. <laughs> right. And when the returns come in, it's it's not it's no judgment against anybody, but this is a very unique phenomenon that I've noticed time and time again in my career. Everyone scatters. Yeah. Right. You just want to go as far away right. from the bomb as possible, right. and you need to manage your career. That's what a lot of this feels like. Yeah, no, the I think the that's the career management, yes. and right. even the choices that Sam seems to make in this corridor.
1: Yeah, well,
3: which I'm glad he directs this movie. Absolutely, of course, because I love this movie, but it seems more like career maintenance than a guy going like, I need to tell this
2: story. It does. And if you think, like Dark Knight There's Man, nothing wrong with that, by Dark the way. Dark no, Knight is a good movie that did pretty well. Yeah. But nonetheless, I do feel like mostly he's still the Evil Dead guy. Yes. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, are you now, you know, quick in the debt doesn't really work. It's like, are you just the evil dead guy? Right? Like the more movies you
1: make. So that he don't wants really to
3: show
2: like, I'm,
1: I think so. I right. don't need to move it's the camera challenge. to tell
2: a story.
3: It's I can a tell That's a very subtle I think story.
1: He's comparing himself to the Coens, right? And he's like, they had new evolutionary leap in how they're perceived. I have not had that leap. People mm. still view me as right. runaround gonzo kid guy, right? On top of that, no, none buddy. of those movies are becoming... Blockbusters, right. Darkman, respectable hit. Army of Darkness does okay, but it's not like I've escalated to being, you know, I haven't had a Gremlins, I haven't had a Jaws, like. Right. I so we. I'm, uh, hold on,
3: I'm I'm just gonna put a pause right yep. there. I cannot believe your go-to for successful. Blockbuster movies is Gremlins. Because I'm
1: thinking Joe Dante. Which I love. Joe Dante's a similar, like, kinetic movie nerd. All right, fair enough. Loves cartoons it right, and it has right. the movie that, like, crosses over. I see. It. Right? And it's like, you found a way to get into the mainstream culture. That's I right. don't think he's had that. And then he talks about that he felt like everyone thinks of me as the crazy camera guy. I want to challenge myself to see can I find a script that is just human, character based? You know, it's there on the page and I can lock the camera down and focus on performance. But, like, why does Jim Jacks so early on go, this is a Raimi project? And I always thought it was incongruous in his career. But something about this rewatch clicked it for me. And especially the opening shot of The Crow, right? He keeps these crows circling mm. around the whole movie. And I think he does a very good job of not overdoing it. Right, But it is sort of, I, I do think this movie is kind of biblical. It's this morality yeah, tale. Huge right? sure. for morality for sure. tale. Right. And right. the crows very are almost Midwestern like. Midwestern as well. Absolutely. I mean,
3: not just its setting, but like. Morale, the the morals involved, uh, which is which is exciting. If you set this movie in the east coast or fucking in in Los Angeles, everyone's a shithole from the start. Yep, but you get to watch uh Bridget Fonda go from the voice of reason, good
2: people
1: disintegrate to the voice of greed, right? And and you compare it to Fargo, where Fargo is a movie that is almost supernatural and people who are just inherently good and inherently bad, right? right? And they spiral so much so that by
3: the end of the movie. Our main character is fucking baffled Yes, at how they've arrived, I don't how even she's arrived understand in the car it. with this guy behind her. Right. Yes.
1: She's so pure, she cannot even fathom it. Whereas William H. Macy is always operating on this level, right? And this is a movie of people who make small decisions that slowly disintegrate. They take the bite of the apple mm. and they never recover, right? And watching nice. it this time, it clicked for me nice, where I'm like, "Nice, nice metaphor. thank you. The Crow is sort of like his visualization of the way the camera the crazy Raimi can in Evil Dead is the evil, right? right? When you have the crazy moving yeah, through the yeah, woods yeah. thing, you're like, you. there's just evil here. Right. And once the evil enters the house, this guy's fucked and he's never going to recover. He just goes further and further into chaos and his life spirals out of control. And this movie's a similar thing where the second they open that fucking bag and they have seen the money, yeah, the tough. idea of the money exists, everyone's brain breaks. Yeah. It, there's just an evil that is absorbed no, I into get the you. world. Yeah. What
4: were you going to say about it? Well, I loved the term you used before we started recording David which is this is a don't do it movie don't yes. do it movie <laughs> and that <laughs> idea i've i didn't Look. make the connection i've this is the first time i've ever seen this movie but you're right this is almost like kind of a weird genre of just storytelling in general don't read don't, the book don't, don't, don't play the a, tape which which right it name the, uh, evil uh, dead name another example. evil
1: dead evil dead too like uh, this don't it, read the it book, weirdly right? fits into the evil dead thing of like don't let the thing I mean,
2: out. The, I mean, like, look, my wife and I, my wife is very much a rule follower. I was like, "What? Well, come on, what would you do? You know, because you're watching no, a
1: school course, teacher. Yeah. A literal yeah. school, that like,
3: school that teacher. That was, by the way, I would, part of the fun of this movie when it came out yeah. was, and, and still today, is like, the, the what would you dilemma. do? Yeah, yeah. It's like, And it's I was fun. like,
2: I was, my, my cause she was like, I would just call the cops or do nothing. I would just not do, anything. you know, which I was like, that is correct. That is absolutely, I was like, you're not lying to me. That's definitely what <laughs> you do. And I was like, I would take the money and it would go wrong for me. Yeah, yeah. Was like I don't think I'm not like I would take the money because I know what to do, you know. Yeah, you you, whatever, you mix the you know you check your cereal. No, I would take the money and it would fucking maybe I'm not suffocating people in snowdrifts, day two, but it, it would go wrong. It would hundred percent go It's wrong. a quick
3: slide. It's for a, Bill Paxton. It's
2: It's a sharp like turn. It,
3: it begins with the I guess the dude on the the snowmobile, right? Yes. Yeah,
2: that's the, the but whole that's
3: thing. Jacob's fault. Jacob kind of it is his. fault
2: and strikes the dude. It is his and fault. And then Bill Paxton just does up. the calculation yeah. of like, there's only one thing I can. Do and there's
3: again. a it's a wonderful performance beat. And Bill Paxton, a great actor. Um, Would uh, you take the money,
1: Chris? I wouldn't. I just want to quickly I, talk about that Paxton performance a
3: beat where he goes, where he has to decide to smile. He's yeah, like, absolutely, call the cops. Right. Your brother hit me, and he has to fucking decide. Not huge. There's no big camera move like we're
1: coming around him to
3: show a different perspective. They just hold on him and you watch it all
1: go across his the reactions a, he's got like four or five silent reaction moments in this movie that are profound it's an I, I just, underrated performance absolutely right, I, I would not take the money because my anxiety is so overwhelming and this I was is, talking you about don't this strike I me was as watching someone who it. Would do this you don't like money no well, money freaks me out. money kind of freaks you it freaks me out, out. Right. but also like the Paxton how quickly he has to go into like here's the move here's the branching tree of the story right we say this and this and that and then constantly having to adjust I'm like too much to maintain don't want to do right. no money too, is too worth. many steps ahead right yeah. having to keep all these lies in head not to put them on blast but Ben did text us this morning. (laughs) Can I just read this, Ben? Yeah, sure. If I found that money, I'd do everything right and the story would end with me owning an island. (laughs) Ben has supreme confidence that he would nail this situation. I stand by that. Where are you
3: getting an island for 4.4 yeah, million? I don't know
2: if you're getting an island.
3: It could be a small island. Yes, a <laughs> real these, small
2: Maybe it's on a lake. It doesn't
4: have to be on the ocean.
3: <laughs> good point. You good
2: point. <laughs> oh, that's a fair point. Yeah. Lake Island. Like lake Island. island. Uh, they can get you on a lake island, though. Yeah, yeah. You're not in the like, <laughs> yeah.
4: international one. We have you so surrounded. Like... <laughs> <laughs> lake Island.
3: <laughs> right. Okay, that's a good point. All right. What fair do you enough. think in a movie full of um, unintentionally sinister mm. efforts? What do you think is the most sinister thing that happens in the movie?
2: Do you have an answer? Or I like do. A, I have okay, one that okay, okay. I prefer. I mean... Because, mind you, people are killed. Yeah, people
3: are killed.
4: Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's a death. I think it's the guy, that old guy overpaying for his feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's That what, is,
1: that's the crux of the story. You try yeah. to tell this guy they're five weeks in a month?
4: That's fucked up.
1: It's five
3: Mondays. I gotta answer the phone. Yeah. The um, I think it's... Bridget Fonda telling him what life is going to be like yeah. when they get rid of the that money.
1: scene. Where she, like, yeah.
3: first it's him, it's Jacob, it's the baby, and then as she's like, what about me? Right. And then you get to the heart of the matter.
1: We plastered on Smile. Oh. And we go out to and dinner only for special holidays, and I think about what I'm ordering. Yeah, she's like, and I can't order appetizers. It's kind of a they predict out the two the the moment. They, too. they, they, they do tell you the, the ending. fucking yeah, ending true. of the movie, and, and
3: when true. she's putting those books back... Oh, it's so fucking haunting. How do you, how does that, that how how relationship? How you look at her again? Of course. That's what right, I'm saying. Yeah, how do you yes. live in that relationship for yes. the rest of your life right. knowing that like, you think I fucked up by burning this That's money? That's
1: the thing. It's, it's what they reveal about themselves and what they reveal about themselves to each other that there's no going back from. And like. The, the book had a darker ending. Well, because Jacob dies
2: a lot. Jacob dies a lot earlier in the book. Yes, I believe. I'm, they glad, I'm glad
1: they didn't do that because
2: I think it's, it's absolutely. A, it is. It is the height of Smith's fucking tragedy. It feels idea. like a Shakespearean
3: right. tragedy. Absolutely. And absolutely. that moment yeah. when he's like, "Just do, do it. This, I don't right. want to be here yeah. anymore." And I, I, he's f- f- making him. He's like, "I'm gonna do it, or you're gonna do it. Right. And if I do it, you're fucked." Right. It is. It, it, it's 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 it, if the genre is
2: the don't do it movie, yeah,
3: that yeah. is yet another like don't do it moment. Right, right. And he Fucking does it. I know. I
2: think the book is also maybe more explicitly violent. Like I think yeah. this the, the the movie tones that down in terms of it's more like it's a suffocation something like that. But that's wise again to me because if you're putting like gory violence on screen. The audience kind of can't get over Especially it, Especially for Raimi.
1: He's done so much gore. He has to know, like, yeah. I don't want to fucking splatter the well, he the, does the. Well,
2: I mean, he does it long before Chris Nolan. But
3: the Chris Nolan, you know, uh, fucking Joker stabbing and yes. cutting everybody thing where yeah. it's like.
2: Just cut away. N- or it's it, just a it's loud
3: fucking noise. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. And you don't see a thing. And you're like, okay yeah. well, that was I'm vicious. freaked out. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Same so thing here. You need. don't see yeah. Billy Bob take the bullet. No. No. Um, the you know the most visual fucking Brent Briscoe death is, is, is uh, the, the Becky,
1: and Baker, Becky and but Baker, but that's even yeah. it takes place in total shadow. Let's give it. What's his
3: name? Brent Briscoe. Yes, Brent Briscoe. So fucking As Luke. amazing! Passed Him away going, a
2: couple years ago. One of those ah, guys. Yes. Incredible character actors. He did recently die, uh, and just in like forty million movies. Yeah. and you're always like, you know, like, and this was his it. crowning achievement, though. Uh, this so. is the perfect Brent Briscoe, especially because you think he's going to be in. Ten minutes in the movie, and he's right. actually in two thirds. And you much. like him too. You're you like,
3: oh, more of this guy, more yeah. of this guy. I mean, again, in a movie that has Billy Bob, uh, Billy Bob Thornton giving perhaps one of the greatest performances, yeah. one of the most ever commanding ever character
2: actor yeah. yeah. Yeah,
3: everyone else is it, uh, the high. What is it? The high tide raises all boats, yes, or whatever. Yes, absolutely.
1: Everyone, yeah.
3: Is fucking. We found
1: that it. in *Quick in the Dead* too, where that movie starts and in the opening credits, you're getting like split card four names, and you're like, "These four guys are in it too." Right? You know, he just keeps on stacking them in, and there's something about how well cast this whole I'm gonna movie watch is. Watch that again tonight. It's so that the good. Baseball Really movie. good. But all the small parts, he understands. Like it, this movie is so well cast, and even when you get to Gary Cole that late in the movie, oh. and you're like. You need to cast this part perfectly He's a cherry on the Because Sunday. the audience needs to grab onto him really quickly. And Gary Cole is a guy... Who is equally well cast playing G Man and Creep? Yeah. Like, he is right. the, yeah. perfect for playing. He can of be them. an idiot. No, yeah. 100%. He can I love be Gary a Cole. creep. He can be a functionary. He can be Mike Brady. Right. So he walks yeah. in, and yeah. you're just like, yeah. I don't know if this is Mike Brady. Yeah. I don't know if this is some random good guy comp or if this is the most sociopathic man in the world. And you don't know if Bridget Fonda is like fucking out of her gourd yeah, at this if, point. Right. By, at by that going, point, she's it's seen the shadows and the guy yeah, from right, the fucking picture? And
3: you're like, and in the movie that we're presented with, you could see a version where yeah. it's like he shoots him and that ain't the fucking, it, he right. really so is an shot FBI him. guy right, in a right, series exactly. of don't do it. So that could I, work. I
1: just think that the movie's handling of the Bridget Fonda character and her performance is mm. one of the things that really differentiates it from movies of this ilk. Because she this could be the last the thing? Monstrous. She, well, no, because Jackie Brown's no, the year Jackie? before. Yeah. Her last movie is a movie, I think, called right. Delivering Milo. No, but the year after this is Lake Placid,
2: which is oh, a Oh, which is hit. fantastic, she's yeah. great in that movie. She has Monkey and Bone. She has Monkey Bone. She has that 2001 where it's Delivering Milo. The Jet Lee movie. Uh, Kiss of the Dragon yeah. is the Jet Lee movie, and that is it. That's it.
3: So after Kiss of the Dragon, she's like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. And she had a run for what, 15 years or something? Yeah, I
2: would yeah. say her first sort of big role. Before Single Wife Female. Is what, like Doc Hollywood? Yeah. Or, Ooh. What know,
1: but it's her 90s run. That, single Wife Female, Single Wife Female, single. You know, right.
2: So what she's, is Doc Hollywood? What year is that? That's 91.
3: And uh, so when does she's like ten years? She had a good ten years, where literally she was in everything. Yeah, she was, a, she was the go-to. Deal. Like yeah. Sandy it could happen
2: to you. Remember that yeah. lottery yeah. ticket, Nick movie? Cage. With Nick cage
3: Maybe yeah, one she... of
1: the only successful Nick Cage normal guy performances. Pretty normal guy. That's yeah. true. That's right. Because we were talking about him not fitting into this. It can happen to you. You're like, I almost buy you as just some guy. But I feel yeah. like in
2: Jackie Brown, you're just like, God, she's so funny. Yeah. This is such a specific performance. We're going to have Bridget and it was, Fonda That in was also so late in her run, and That's
3: too. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I remember when she popped up in Jackie Brown. It's like, oh. And like, you're like, she, she must really fucking love Quentin. Right. why would somebody this fucking huge play this bit part and stuff?
2: uh and then obviously this like and it's fun yeah i think she truly just packed There's it in. Yeah,
3: i think she i believe she, her, also... she left it all on the fucking table because like oh, I, yeah you know it's not like she she's I, uh, fundamentally wonderful in everything
1: yes like when you Always think about good. singles yeah, she's not a bad she, actor probably, at all. She no really yeah, gave her yeah, never like wonderful yeah. by I mean, the way i mean she, plays... she does the
3: badim remake of la Femme nikita yes, point yeah. of no yes, return but she's yeah. good Which she's really good yeah. as
1: well i just saw that for the first time um uh, what was I going to say? She plays Linda in the flashback of Army of Darkness yeah. where they're she's setting up. She's right. in one scene in Army of, of Darkness. And it's one of those things where you're like, why would she do this? And apparently it was. She was such a big Sam Raimi fan. She loved fan Evil Dead. Such an Evil Dead fan that she was like, is there anything? I heard you're making a third one. Is there anything I can do? That's dope. And she was like, I'll do the silent opening montage flashback. That
3: makes character. me like her
1: even more. Absolutely. And it's nice that she met Elfman through that. Like, I like everything about it. But the fact that Her character, you're so, I feel like, programmed to think in a movie like this, she's going to be the voice of reason. She's right. going to be the warrior. She's
2: got bangs. She has a sweater. She she's works got, at a library. She's got a baby. She's <laughs> got a baby. She has the baby. And she's like, now here's what she's getting. You gonna get that baby. Yeah, yeah, while thing. she's feeding the baby, right. she's <laughs> like, you're going to
3: get him to record this shit. And, right. and you're like, whoa. <laughs> you're,
2: you're just buying. Which, she's... by the way,
1: is an insane plan. Oh, there's insane. A, lot of, there's insane. a lot of It's not a simple plan. It's a very complicated plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but like sh- this is the I don't know about this character and how she's coded at the beginning. And then almost immediately... She like gets it, and she starts coming up with big designs on it. And you're trying to figure out like what made her adjust so fast? Right? How did she become pot committed? And it is that scene where she yeah. says the whole fucking thing where she has the terror now. Where well, you now realize that that's glimpse, that's
3: what her fucking secret fear is like. Right? I'm gonna we, we like, it would have been fine if this money never forever. happened, but now this money happened, and yeah. you want me to live this fucking tiny life? Like no way. Now
1: I I've allowed myself to think what my life could look like. Mm. And the thought of continuing on the way it is is
3: unbearable. That restaurant's line really hit me in a I mean, way where I was just like— The once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because, yeah. I mean, it's Not one of those kidding, things right. where I started feeling like I, I eat, like, out all the time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, right. that's that's right. right. Like, right. fucking for some people, it's just
2: like we only go out
3: it, on a birthday and holiday. And that good, hits Bill Paxton right. I mean, yes. in, a, in a real place.
1: Yes.
2: John Mulaney has that—have you ever heard him tell that story where he was at a comedy club? And you know how comedy clubs, like, gouge you.
1: Comedy and, clubs gouging. And
2: like he was the he was backstage, but he saw a couple sitting down and they are like, oh, two drink minimum. And the guy was like, It's okay, we'll just we won't order any food. And Melanie was like, I can never not make an effort at one of these things. Like people yeah. right. are paying a lot of money. Right. I might be like, this is my third gig of the week or whatever. Like, you know, there are Gotta people here it. who are like, this is yeah. their d- right. day out yeah. this, this is, week, right. this month or this whatever. This year, even you possibly. You can't fuck around. Yeah. Right. Let me, no, it, can I brutal. ask you a yes. quick
3: question about this movie? Uh, it was released in 98. Yeah. Uh, it Probably it set roughly around the same time. You know, it's not period piece or but, anything like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah yeah does this Although, movie change at all with the internet or I a I thought cell about phone? this a lot I think smartphone changes this movie fundamentally I think this S- uh, is I a- think uh, internet definitely because oh, they absolutely. start looking up where the money came from that's the thing and yeah not, like, and it's no longer like, like a pixelated picture right exactly. yeah. no and yeah. being yeah. able to ping people where they were the additional paper trail of text. and also like do planes disappear anymore
2: in the day of the like even then yeah. did planes disappear I don't know This
1: movie, especially it's like it's, it
3: didn't disappear in like the Pacific Ocean no, it no. disappeared like in, in the forest in Minnesota this movie is Made yeah.
1: at like the absolute last, last
3: moment, moment yeah. that you could that yeah. do it, it, it,
1: totally works, and their no without it sessions. being a
2: period piece. That's right. the thing with a lot of those Cohen movies that are yeah. those sort of what a tangled web we
1: weave crime right.
2: movies, right? right. Yeah. I
1: mean, No Country for All Men is nine years it later, it has to be set piece, 20 years yeah. early,
2: like man, man Who Wasn't There, that's a period yeah. piece, right? Yeah. You know,
1: uh, whatever. Um, it, no, it, that's absolutely a, a big factor of it. And the scene where they dump the the guy, the farmer over the bridge, mm-hmm. right? To stage his thing. There's something Again, where about, you're
2: like, this isn't going to fucking work. Right. Right. So,
1: yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you guys are way out in the open and this is in a plain
3: state where yes. it's like, if your dog runs away six days later, you're like, I still see it. <laughs> absolutely. So if this guy is like throwing a dude off a fucking that's bridge, like some neighbor but two it's towns like, over it's, didn't happen to see It's that. the
2: kindly sheriff thing where he's just, that's just a like, huge ah, well, I know you. And she
3: yeah. says it too. She's like, you have to remember how people see you. Right. Right. He's like the college educated guy. And she has a devastating line. She's like, you, nobody would ever think you're capable of the things that you've done. Well, which is a mm-hmm. judgment
2: right then mm-hmm. and there. She's like, I'm sticking with you, but
3: FYI. Yeah, but yeah. she's like, I know that you fucking smothered an old man with a, <laughs> right. two hands, you right. fucking prick.
1: And I've justified it. By the way, I understand why you did the things you do. You're right. not a murderous person. You were put in a difficult position. But I think that's another factor is that like this movie is so much based around the perceptions that people have of each other, right? Mm. Bill Paxton weaponizing how he's perceived in the town, how Billy Bob Thornton is perceived in the town. Anytime Billy Bob Thornton slips up, he's able to go like, well, you know, my yeah, brother. He's like,
3: well, he, he heard a plane. Right. Who knows what he heard? And,
1: and I think it's, it's, that, it's the sense of like, especially, you know, in a small Midwestern town or whatever, the decency of you look a man in the eyes, you tell him the truth. Right. Do you buy it or not? Right. When you put social media, the Internet, text messages, all these things into play, there are too many different types of communication where people can start creating their own perception of you, start asking more questions. That's true. The fact that Billy Bob or Paxton can just roll up to someone three days later and be like, huh, you know I was thinking, and you can sell that. There's something to that and that moment where they dump the farmer over the bridge, it's like Raimi in a wide shot. Like, it's like a bird's eye view, right? They're like tiny little ants and you just see like, just white snow. It's in the middle of broad daylight and they just get out of their truck and they dump this guy over and they're like, I think that looks pretty good. And they drive (laughs) away, you know? What's up they're not paranoid. Paranoid. World, They're not paranoid. They're not like, go, 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 What go. are they going to call, CSI? Exactly. Like, no one's right. going to
2: come here and be like, well, actually, this guy was smothered. Because it's
1: like, well, no. <laughs> but, but with CSI, a smartphone, we're here to investigate. With it's a like, smartphone, yeah, the wrong exactly. guy could walk by at any moment, take sure, a picture, sure. ping it, text Absolutely. someone immediately. All that shit. It falls apart.
2: Okay. Yeah. Let me give you some more context Please, about I this love movie. Please, I love Right, so they had to move to fucking Ashland, Wisconsin. That's where they shot this movie. Because That's where there was they found no their snow. snow, finally? That's where they found their snow. There's just a lot of talk about, like, Bill Paxton loved it. I guess Bill Paxton was just a real man of the people type. He strikes me that way. Yes. The barber in I the movie. I met him once. Yeah?
3: Um, very nice guy. Long before I met him, do you remember a motion picture called The Dark Backward?
4: Yes. Yes. Um,
3: oh, and before I, I, I right. even saw Slacker, okay, 91. I went to the um, Angelica Film Center um, here in Man—I was going to say—in Manhattan, we're here in Manhattan. We are here. Um, uh, you know, and that was the first movie I saw there. I went because there was an Judd ad Nelson? for Judd Paxton. Nelson's in it, as is uh Paxton. Wayne uh, Newton, Laura Laura yes, Flynn, Flynn, Flynn Boyle, Lara Flynn Boyle,
2: James Con, from- yes. who directed that again, Adam Rifkin. Adam Rifkin. yes, yeah. right, right. The, the, you know, um, so they have Nelson
3: an ad in the Village Voice where they're like, uh, uh Judd Nelson. Lara Flynn Boyle and Bill Paxton are going to be at the midnight screening. Yeah, and cool. so that's what drives me to New York for the first time, oh, wow. is the chance to be in a room with Judd Nelson. yeah,
1: yeah. Breakfast Club. Bender. Bill
3: Paxton. fucking yeah. Aliens Hudson. and shit. You know? And, of course, Weird Science as well. Yeah, Chet. shit Chet. And Lara Flynn Boyle, who I was a massive Twin Peaks fan right? at that point. And that's right when that's like... and it's huge at that point I go up to see this movie and they're there as promised fucking famous people and I I never see famous people in my life so there they are and shit like that before the movie begins there's a trailer for a motion picture called Slacker and I go oh I wanna we should come back and see that so So they're saying Paxton's
2: the fish
1: hook that gets you in there a bit of a hook that
3: pulls me into into the Angelica which leads to me eventually seeing Slacker now I'm not gonna lay my career at the feet of Paxton and I doubt he would've wanted that
1: yeah uh, Seems like a humble my career fella, right? but yeah.
3: he would have appreciated I think the fact that I went to that screening because I told him when I met him through. I was like there was a screening right. of the dark backward remember? and he remembered that That's screening nice. he, just he didn't like, remember seeing me no, I, was, yes. I was like did you see the one random dude in the middle of the audience he's but one he of those guys
1: where I feel like he had one of the most sterling reputations. Anyone right. I would talk to worked never heard anything like, bad like, about right. him. That Even, guy, so Even in kind. death, it's
3: not like, well, you know, it came out afterwards. Yeah. Right. No.
1: And like incredibly collaborative. And he has such an interesting 90s because you like, he's he's more of a character actor, right? He's yeah. being viewed the way that like Cameron uses him. Right? From the
3: late 80s on. Yes. Like essentially like from weird from right. aliens, weird science on, he is the... The character guy. Somehow You're he dark. becomes the leader. man. Yeah. Well,
1: it's Twister. It's, and it's weird You're that dark. he's Incredible. the guy in Twister. Twister so is... Twister
3: is what turns him into a leading yeah. man? Yeah, and then
1: he becomes this sort of surprising, normal They're guy in it leading man. They're for the man. money,
3: not the science. That was his big line. We talking like, about the other guys in the black cars. They're in it for the money, not the science. You feel
1: like Paxton is in that because just being in enough Cameron movies makes him like a guy who feels comfortable in a blockbuster. But he's not an obvious choice to be the leading man of that movie. And then he carves out this interesting zone because he doesn't have the swagger of a movie star. Probably budget right. But like, like, At that point, they're has... like, we got Helen Hunt. We got right, right. We star. need it, another we guy. We need a, we we a guy right. who's this. Because right. yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah.
2: you know who the star
3: yes. is is fucking twisters Tornado. and cows. That's an early that's a whole thing cause cause 90s. Because he's
2: in yes. Mighty Joe Young. He's right. the lead of that. You know right? the star of that is. Right. He's, he's a five seven one. He's
1: in the star, vertical limit, right? Oh my God, right. he's you a utility I mean? man yes. right. that exactly. you could stick into any movie right. about a thing. But he went That's from being I'm the saying. guy who was the color in the corner of the movie, yeah, yeah. He could be Hudson, like he in could near be dark. fucking yeah. big, yeah. Right. right? So good at in near dark, exactly. To then becoming this odd kind of just like collaborative utility player, leading man, normal leading man, guy.
3: That's the key. The two key words is like you could see him letting. Or uh, yeah. you could understand him letting go of the colorful roles. Yes, because the thing that he never considered while coming up with Cameron, yeah, was oh, I will be the leading be man. Be he is the first no name leading man, but yeah, attractive right. dude. Yeah. yeah. Has German. all the right fucking elements you'd want in a leading
1: man. And there's man. something very personable. There's something very Midwestern. He doesn't feel like an everyman, but he feels like a normal Where guy. Where is he there's from, just,
2: by the way? Bill, Bill Paxton. Paxton. Let me find out. I mean, I'm assuming he's from you want to South You Texas, America. right? Uh, he's from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. Yeah. He yep. feels like
3: a Texan. I mean, he had the draw, but I didn't know he if that the, was yeah, a Yeah, but you know,
2: he's he's done a lot of... I mean, okay, so, but like... that. And there's another movie he's in, of course, around mm. this time. Mm. A movie called Titanic. kind of a big Big movie, big movie. People Holy forget he's. Shit. People forget he's the bookend of that I one. I forgot he's the framing he device. He took yeah. everyone in town to go see Titanic because it came out while they were shooting this wow. movie. Which is seems like a fun thing. What yeah. do you mean? He, like they're in this small town, like the barber. So while they're in this making movie, a simple plan, yes.
3: he's like, "Hey, let's
1: go. He's like, hey, to see I'm Titanic. in this movie. I'm in the boat movie. Let's go <laughs> see the <laughs> boat <bold> movie."
2: The barber working on your packs. I'm working on it. Like the barber in this film, that's like the local barber. Like they, you know, they were just kind of bringing well, in like the locals. Like apparently, you know, dwarves. it's like it's one of those things. Like they take over the town, so the town's like, "Hey, sure. What do you need? Right? Fifty-five day shoot." snowy, cold, nasty. I mean, it seems like it was kind of a pain in the ass but to make this movie. they must be thinking, Like 50
3: right? below. 55 like, uh, tracks B- for Billy studio you know. drama. Oscar right.
1: Darling, here's a role that on paper this guy's going to fucking kill it. This feels like a slam dunk nomination. And then the middle of this movie coming out, Titanic blows up. Right. And Titanic, the runoff is so strong. And Paxton is the fucking beginning and the end he of is. the movie yeah. where that boosts his profile even more. People must have been like, we're playing with house money. So wait, was Titanic pre or post Twister? Titanic post. is post,
2: because Twister's 96, right. and Titanic's 97, and then this, this movie is comes out in 98. Yeah. Um, Jim Jacks mentioned here in our research, um, because obviously, Sam Raimi, famous for his wild camera work, right? Mm. So he was very much like, I had a lot of confidence in the script, I just want to put the camera in the right place, I wanted the actors to tell the story. Jim Jacks says Paramount, very concerned about his camera work, and told Jim, you are monitoring whether or not he's reining it in. And the studio told, yeah, like,
3: told you're on rainy duty.
1: You're on, exactly. He the Keep quote it is, on sticks. Don't give that guy a fucking track. But,
3: and let's just, like, look, we all love this movie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we uh, think it's an incredible achievement. But let's just pause for a moment and think about the note behind that note. Mm. Essentially, a studio, in this instance, Paramount. Big studio. Is like... Um, you know what Sam Raimi does? Don't let him do that. You
2: yeah. better not let yeah. him. Why not the only, fuck would you hire that guy's a guy too
3: cinematic? Yeah, and be like, don't <laughs> do the thing
2: that you do. Yeah. It, it is weird that they'd hire him, and like that—that is—that probably is the like you're saying it's the Jim Jacks thing where he's like, I can vouch for this guy, and they're like, you better watch yeah, his I'll ride not, him I'll watch ride his, him. his ass right I'm
3: the am the I'm the uh, fucking Sam Whisperer Cuz right. Jack
2: says my biggest job was to sit on set and he didn't and make sure he didn't do any quote unquote tongue cheek
1: stuff Which by the way for Hard Target Sam Raimi was the backup director because the studio was so terrified of John Woo and they were like how many fucking birds is he going to put in this thing <laughs> Raimi sits behind him and if he's going too crazy day 5 we fire Woo and Raimi takes over right. And now Raimi's in a position where they're like you better not do this fucking crazy Raimi shit it is it is funny that they were
2: so against like that any was, kind of maximalist That was very much a thing of
3: um my era. When I first got into the business was we love what you do. Now change it. Right. 20 And it down. they don't seem to do that well, anymore. No. But then again, it's also a different world. Like for example, there's I was so a much Sundance money at kid stake with these things. Yeah. John Watts Sure. Yes, Sundance. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. And then went from one Sundance movie, I mean, a tiny Sundance movie, right, like right into right. the fucking mainstream. Well, that's right. the
2: thing. There's no longer that like Chris Nolan does Insomnia post Memento. It's like okay, Insomnia, a very similar yeah. movie to this. Right, you're going to do yeah. your cold crime movie, quiet. You can have some movie stars. You're going to have a big ish budget. Let's see how you. It's, do It's a middle right. step, and now it's just like yeah. oh, you did. You shot Kevin Bacon three weeks in a cop car. car. You want to make two hundred fifty million dollars Man? I mean, and we were
3: and talking what is, about. Have you this. ever seen a Cop Car?
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's good.
3: a wonderful movie. But yeah. what do you think Kevin Foggy saw that said Spider Man?
2: I don't know, except that like it is like it's a, it it, it totally probably appealed to him, and like this is balancing goofiness and humor with like a little bit of an edge, right? Itch, yeah. Like yeah. You know, but apart from that, I mean, and I I am such a Kevin Bacon slut that I was just kind of <laughs> like Kevin Bacon's having a great time, right? So maybe there's the kind of thing of like. He got every ounce of juice out of this movie star. But right? I also feel I don't know. like I don't like I, know. I just feel I don't like know. I don't know how for... Feige does that though. How he's like this one. I've I
1: heard know. that I mean, Watson is it up incredible
2: for in the telling. room
3: for having an eye. Oh, absolutely, he's something to be said right. for seeing the person and being like, oh, I, I think, think I can
1: get he some of them. Cast a wide net with these movies, right? We're like Chloe Zhao getting Eternals. People were like, "Where the fuck does that come from?" Mm. It was like he met with her on Black Widow. And he met with her on that because he saw the rider and no one else would have made that jump. And he's right. was like, we're not ready to hire you for this, but good meeting will keep you in mind, right. you know? Yeah. And I think John Watts was probably a wide net, let's meet with this guy, he made a good calling Card movie, we'll keep him in mind. And then everything I've heard is that he just pitched the shit out of that movie. That he was the guy who had sure. the best take, and even if he didn't have the bona fides, they were like, his enthusiasm, he seems to have and a I, real I, I handle. And He's something. like,
2: I'm a good backstop. I, I right. will. Yeah, he's like, look, I'll be, out the, out I'll be right, Jim right, Jacks,
3: I'll they sit on the these make movies, sure they make spider No
1: one can possibly fuck them up too much now. It's it's unique. I mean, because we've yeah. been talking a lot in just going through these episodes, where it's like when you zoom out, it is wild that Sam Raimi got hired to make Spider Man. It is wild because he was coming off of three adult dramas, right. and his genre movies were seen as like a little second class. Niche. They weren't big blockbusters, right? And uh, and they people, just didn't hire nerds to make superheroes. And movies. they don't hire right. You could say this. Right. It's you true. Were, you if were, you were too yeah. big of a fan, they would get worried. Yeah. Right. And they were like, they didn't want to
3: hire. Like, I remember when I went into the studio. um, I got that the Superman game. Right, you were on Superman. Right in the Superman list. Yeah. Uh, My first thing to them was like, why don't you hire Mike Carlin, who runs the DC Superman group? All (laughs) the comics in he's fucking written every Superman story there is. And the 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 it was uh, Basil Luanic who's went on to I think he produced Argo and stuff like that. But he was a studio exec at that point. And he goes, um, yeah, but he's a comic book guy.
2: Right. They're just like, no, no, no.
1: They they did not
3: want comic book guys writing movies, movies, which I'm like, it makes no sense. Now, they fucking cherry pick like fucking crazy.
1: By the way, like someone on our Reddit was going like, why do they keep on talking about how weird it was that Raimi got hired? Like, look at Tim Burton. It was Batman was his third movie. He had made two comedies for Warner Brothers. And it's Mm. like, first of all, those two comedies were very successful. They both, both performed They were both for Warner Brothers. Right. He was in the, stu- was in the studio yeah. system. Yeah. They liked him. He had a clear vision. And the other thing was, they wanted so badly to make Batman into a comedy. There were so many years of development yeah. of like, let's do Ivan Reitman, Bill Murray Batman. Batman was still based around the Adam West perception. The
3: great issue of Starlog from 1983 that has Return of the Jedi on the cover. Yeah. Maybe 84. Um, I still have it. But inside, there's an interview with Tom Mankiewicz Script doctor Tom Mankiewicz, right. who was most famous for at that point writing Superman Super, yeah. the yeah. movie, um,
2: with Mario Puzo. With Mario Puzo, but <laughs> largely <laughs> who himself. mostly got his shit thrown out.
3: Yeah, um, he gives this interview where he talks about doing a very dark Batman sure, compared to sure. the Adam West thing, and yeah. they drew there's an uh, uh, an illustration, Mad Magazine type illustration of. You know, Batman and Robin, Adam West and Burt Ward in a closet and a guy in a armored bat suit slamming the door.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Six
3: years before yeah. fucking Batman. Burton, yeah, yeah. So he, I'll never forget this. He took, ta- cause it captured my imagination. He goes, uh, for the penguin, we're thinking about Peter O'Toole. Yeah. Where you're like, what? <laughs> That would have been fucking amazing. (laughs) But he also said, but, like, for Batman, Bruce Wayne, we're thinking Bill Murray, but... Not comedic, Bill Murray, sure. Razor's Edge, right. Ed, So they were right, trying. Right. They were trying to, trying to set skew the tone, it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, go, yeah. You know, like it ain't right, gonna be right, silly, right. like the other right. Batman.
2: We're gonna go dark. But I mean, the cultural perception of Batman was still very much Adam West, yeah. Totally And I, I fought,
1: think right. Burton gets the job because he's a comedy director and surprises but, everyone and by it, playing it more straight. But than isn't it also expect. that
2: it's just like they they it's not hallowed ground in the same way? Back no, then. not that they're not treating it with a lot. of No, it's definitely
3: not hallowed ground. There We got to worry about
2: these comic book people. We got to keep. There's a million directors who are like. Like, like, fuck no, I'm not doing a Batman movie. Exactly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. And yeah. think
3: about it. Like, he, I think he winds up with Batman because he makes two very successful movies for right. yeah. Warner Brothers. You get Picket-A-Litter. What do you want right. to do? These are our t- these are the Glenn Gary leads and yeah, shit. Yeah. And in it, he recognizes something where he's like, oh, I could play with Batman. Right. Like, he's
1: not my no, he favorite didn't, thing. He didn't care about about it I in think the way I could that, right, do a yeah, cool, yeah. dark version of but this. But the jobs aren't as competitive in the way at that time they're not the desired the the no. gold the brass ring movie jobs right, right. it's not the top i of the think mountain. a lot of people yeah, duck yeah, yeah. in it i Absolutely. think you're right i think a and lot of he,
2: people be like batman and i no think thanks. even with spider-man at that point that's still true because spider-man is the one that changes it all like when that thing yeah. becomes like the hit upon hits that's when it's like but, oh shit you're right, obviously x-men had been the year before but right. still I it's thought little, about like, the fact that like Mason. Raimi is not the obvious choice no at not really no he was like i was
3: so brilliant choice who makes so who makes the choice
2: well, we'll talk about
3: we'll it, talk but
1: about I mean, it. I don't know who does make the choice. I think it's a combination of Arad Rod and Pascal. Yeah, Avi Rod right? obviously yeah. is involved, right? I mean, right. Yeah, but but I person. do think weirdly, it's like. I don't think he ever would have gotten hired for Spider-Man if he hadn't made a simple plan because they were like, this guy made a grown-up picture. He's got to make us I like... I think you're right. You know, like... He, this, could, do, mean, he could do it all. Right. Spe- Speaking of all this, I do want to point out... They couldn't predict that he would have gone full fucking MGM musical with Spider-Man and was like, I'm going to make this so stylizing. And- I
2: mean, like
3: one beat in three movies and the guy's got to carry it
2: like herpes for the rest
3: yeah. of it. was like,
1: you made Spider-Man dance! It's like, come on. That beat is so good, too. It's like fucking... That's <laughs> That's, that's pure Raimi
2: shit. It is pure yes. Raimi, but that's yes. the thing. It's almost, it's coming out of the box, and people are like, whoa, this is right. so they much. Needed, they yeah. needed Jim Jacks to sit yeah. on set and right. tell him
3: not to right. Raimi that too much.
2: The other thing that's interesting, obviously, the whole weird connection of all this is like, you know, who who was on Spider-Man before Raimi is Jim Cameron, right, for years. Right? Yeah, I'll
3: get, good point. Yeah, And
2: yeah, yeah. and uh, Bill Paxton's in this movie, obviously, and he's got this great quote that this uh, that our researcher dug up where... When they were when Paxton and Cameron, I guess, are making Terminator. Mm. Cameron's like, let's go see Evil Dead 2. I don't know why. No, it must have been late in that. Because Evil Dead 2 is late 80s, right?
1: Uh 86.
2: But basically, 87? Cameron calls up Bill Paxton and is like, Have you seen Evil Dead 2 yet? Bill's like, What's Evil aliens. Dead? Aliens. It must have been when they were aliens. Aliens, sure. Yeah. Bill's like, What's Evil Dead 2? And Cameron says, I'll pick you up in 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 they go to like a dollar theater. They see Evil Dead 2 at like 5 in the afternoon. Cameron has already seen it. And he's like, watch this movie. They watch the movie. And at the end, he's like, this guy's a hell of a filmmaker. It's not every day you see a movie that starts a new genre. This is the horror cartoon. Like, so Cameron's just blown away by Raimi. So there is that intermingling. Like Cameron clearly recognizes, like, this guy is not a game,
3: recognizes
2: game. This guy is like a special filmmaker. He, you know, Paxton apparently was like a runner up for Dark Man. So, like, was he really? He'd been like circling Raimi before that. And, like, you know, like,
3: something really oddly satisfying and even a little bit titillating at knowing that Jim Cameron was like, I'm going to take you to see Evil Dead. Isn't it cool? Like that he was like, it gives me, like, passing goosebumps. it around, like the way you pass yeah. around, like especially got watch the Holy Grail. That's tape. The,
2: right, pre, I mean it's VHS here I guess, but still right where it's like, we're going to the fucking dollar theater right now. Like this thing is this like a is secret. This a filmmaker yeah. taking an actor to see somebody else's look, film. Look at
0: but what also, this guy's doing with yeah, the camera. And,
2: and you
1: being
0: know. a
2: big fan of
1: it. This is me like a decade plus later having older nerds tell me, like, you gotta fucking watch Evil Dead 2. And the idea that the person who exposes you to Evil Dead 2 is James
3: Cameron, yeah.
1: rather my, than the guy at the video store. You know? It's my, true. My other For favorite. The first time I watched that, it was with the guy that made Titanic.
2: <laughs> my other because fa- basically, because this all the research is just filled with people being like, Ramey's great. You know, Paxton being like, I always wanted to work with him because Cameron to turn me on to him, right? You know, Gary Cole basically says, and this is recently, says, that's the best movie I've ever been in. Simple wow. Thing. And I'm barely in it. And it's I still would, my favorite movie in terms of movies I've been in.
3: I, I, you know, I'd have to give a long, hard think to his career. He's got a long filmography. He's got a, he's been a ton of good movies. Right. He's, he's got, I mean, he's within fucking four films of being absolutely yeah. accurate And like, he's not accurate isn't that, that crazy is to think film.
2: that he's like yeah like I've been in fifth, you know 50 and he's like I'm barely in it and still it's the greatest and like, that's book. the best fucking thing I ever it's an eminently
3: seen. watchable movie which is why I have been watching it for decades I saw it at the Beverly Center when it first came out on sure. a tiny ass screen yeah. that I this is gonna sound gross but my TV screen at home now is bigger than the one we saw yes. A Simple Plan <laughs> in the tiniest theater but once it came out on uh, DVD, it never left rotation. It would be a go-to-sleep film.
1: You said, it, I mean, it's, it's got... like important to your relationship with your
3: wife? Absolutely. It was one of, like, the five movies uh, upon which are, like... And we barely knew each other when she got pregnant and married and stuff. So, like, you learn a lot about a motherfucker when you go to the movies <laughs> with them. This is how I learned about, like, well, this is the person I'm spending the rest of my life with who's having our child. Um, yeah. You know, the fact that she loved this movie and thought it was brilliant. I was like, all right, well, she's smart. <laughs> we have the similar taste in film. But it was also a comfort movie. We've seen it, it so many times. A gentle you just put energy it on.
2: as much as it makes you squirm and you're like, oh, Bill, don't do it. You know, like... Yeah. But if it's, you've
3: seen it a hundred times... Then it's like, like a warm this, blanket this where up, you're like, right. oh,
1: here comes all the bad decisions. <laughs> the, the ambiance of it is weirdly comforting and, and the Elfman score is so fucking good and I and feel also, like
3: unlike anything else in his career. Elfman doing what uh, Sam Raimi, what we're accusing yes. Sam Raimi yes. of doing here, which is not, not being doing Sam show. Raimi, he's, doing he's right. not doing Elfman Danny Elfman. It's that such a good, point. a good score, and you know everyone's trying to win an award, is what it feels yeah. like. But not in a thirsty, no. desperate no. way. Not no. off. thirsty, desperate way. integrity. all the yeah. elements were there, where it's just like this is a grown ass movie, and it could probably win a award.
1: And everyone challenging themselves. Yeah, yeah.
2: One of the best scenes in the movie, right? Is I'm sure you guys agree. Is that monologue that Thornton does about his high school girlfriend, oh, right? God, just fucking In the car, right? Ringing. Like a very incredible, probably his Oscar clip, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but you know, I, I, I
3: don't know the mo- him at the end of the movie him where he goes, incredible. where he goes, like tell the tell the girl the bear's for from me. We do that
2: is fucking really
3: devastating. Me All that uh, stuff with the yeah. bear actually really, yeah, especially me. when she's like judgy about the bear. She's like this dirty old thing, and, and he's like, no, oh, this is the bear like, from my childhood. This is kind of important. Oh, okay, right.
2: But 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 that's like that scene. That's Ramy Just again, he's not moving the camera around. He's not doing like because on Quick of the Dead, there's a lot of stories of him being like, "Okay, Gene Hackman, I have eight camera setups I want to do. You're gonna like cock your gun. You're gonna do. You're gonna tip your head." And Hackman's like, "I hate this shit." Is that right? He was that, like, that's it Quick and the, the Dead. dead Where right? he's like, like, I have a good, right. Yeah. Whereas Simple Plan, he's like, Ramey's like, I'm leaving the camera running. Thornton improvised that entire speech. That's a me? real story from his life. You're shitting. Yeah, that's from my childhood. That's not in the book. No, Thornton says we were losing the light, and I just kind of told that story kind of at the end of the day. I didn't prep anyone for it, and I didn't, like, talk about it with anyone afterward. Wow. And like Raimi was just like that was like watching theater for me. Like that was just like, oh shit. What yeah, it's a, incredible. What a, Isn't what a great
1: cool? catch. Isn't that cool? Could you
2: imagine you're already making a
3: pretty cool movie and then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, by the way, here. As
2: you said, guys doing <laughs> right. a performance exactly. of a this life, is a, good God, movie. This is a good movie. Already this right. is like a A movie. Could it be an A plus though. Can I give you a little? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think I mean,
1: I'm gonna <laughs> give you something deeply personal which is going to make this so much more real. Like
2: one of the darkest memories of my <laughs>
1: yeah. The heartbreaking thing in that scene is like so much of the movie is Paxton reckoning with the fact that everyone thinks he's kind of arrogant, right? That right. he thinks he's the normal everyman. That's an the yeah. center insinuation. center of the story. right? And that he... Which, by the way,
3: is set up before the movie even begins. Yeah. Like, where he's like, last week you said that was an insinuation. And you're like, why are you talking about shit happened before the movie began? Right. But they trust the audience will be able to follow. Right.
1: Right. And it starts where you're just like this weird anti-intellectualism everyone has against this guy. And as the movie goes on, his his weird areas of elitism are revealed, right? Like you do understand how much he does kind of pity his brother in a gross way. Right. You know, where he does think less of him. Yeah, he does. does. And he's always told himself like, well, I don't have to worry about him that much because he had that girlfriend one time. You know, like this weird thing where it's like, I know my brother dated a girl for a month 20 years ago. Mm. So I'm never going to question the fact that I've never seen him interact with a woman ever again. And when he makes that con like, oh, I, if I was rich, I could get a girl. And he's like, you had that one girl in high school for a month? And Thornton just unpacks it and goes like, right. that whole thing was a fucking mirage. Right. And you see the reaction on Paxton's face where he just suddenly immediately realizes the depths of this man's loneliness which have never been revealed to him before and that he never took the time to investigate, to yeah. really check in on how is my brother doing emotionally on this level. It, it tracks with the dad stuff before he finds out right. the dad killed
3: himself. Where yep. This guy has been live in his own life up in, his own story. in his own story he
1: refuses to believe that anything in his life could have put pressure on his father to a degree that he would have to make a well, decision like that he can't think about darkness like no. you know and like then then he, when he's doing this shit
2: it's it just coming slips. out of nowhere mm. where you like you know he can't write yeah but,
1: but the speed at which thornton turns the thing around and like when paxton starts pitying him again but really in, a, in an empathetic way for the first time arguably in the whole movie that he's like it actually wasn't that bad When I saw her in the hallway after that, she'd still say hi to me. Like, he genuinely is, like... No, that was a nice relationship. Yeah, he's,
3: he's a guy that's used to living with so little. Which is kind of what makes that of respect. That, that even a tiny like, bit is, a, is manna in the desert right. and shit. That's the best way out of this.
1: It, there's yeah. a right. nobility to him. Yeah. It's, it's,
3: it's, it's, it's true. Fine. Even in that scene where he's just like, this is the, this is
1: the smartest plan. Like, this will work. No, right. I'm not right, saying right. it's the right thing, but no, where no. he's like, I've thought this through. You have a kid. Her life's more important. What am I going to amount to in the world? Like, I don't feel bad about this. And, or,
3: and also, he's just like, I can't live with this shit. Right. He's like, I can't you might about be able this to.
1: every day. I don't have the processes to... W- yes. What do you want to say, Ben? Well, well we're right.
4: celebrating the dramatic parts, like the okay. sad parts of the performance. Uh-huh. He is so funny. He's fucking and hysterical. And the scene that I feel like we just... I, I want to make sure we mention it is when he is doing the impression of Bill oh, Paxton. He's like, do, yeah. do the bird. Where you ever see this. someone drink like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that <laughs> is it
3: so It is, is uh, insane. The impression of so Him ducking funny. the bird makes me laugh every fucking yeah, time. Yeah. Where
4: he does his face, he's like, <laughs> and the way he changes too and you see how he hangs with this friend huh. and how their their relationship and how, they out, going, how they like, hang out how they joke
3: around he's out fucking he's brother. fucking it up yeah right. and then all of a sudden he's like oh shit he's that's the scene around.
1: where you start to realize what his intelligence is right, that right? He's,
2: he's not the right
3: person. because you're like this is yeah, him yeah, yeah. doing
1: the same shit he did where he walked up to the sheriff and said like you tell him about the plane where he's like overplaying his hand getting sloppy you know mm, like right. unable to like stick to his allegiances and then there's that moment where like and like we should leave, we should leave. Shut this down. Like he doesn't want Billy Bob Thornton to blow it, and Billy Bob Thornton doubles down, and he's like, "No, we're staying. Don't be a fucking coward about this. You stay here." And you think that it's just he's going to vent all of his pent up anger at his brother, which I think he he is does do it. Yeah. Yes, right. He, he right. Does he's having his cake and eating it too. It's a roundabout, he's, and he's right. fucking like, really
3: putting the t- the screws to Hank. But then
1: I'm nailing he this harder than you it. think. I yeah, do. right. You, your plan was not going to work. You were not going to be able to sell this. I can get through to him and it's going to eat me up inside that I fucking, I mean, he has the line in that scene where he's like, you're more of a brother to me than he ever is. I got nothing to tell him. Which is right. I mean, it's, and feels true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That is great. The only thing we haven't mentioned at all is just
2: the brutality of the post, you know, Jacob's death stuff where it's like, now you have to burn the money. Oh. Now you have to live That's the sweetest plum bro. Exactly. That's, now that's you got to When you're be watching alive. the movie and you're like, yeah.
3: oh, this is delicious. Because
2: you know, you're watching the movie and you're like, this ends with a mobster cutting Bill Paxson's head off, right? Like eventually I wonder, he gets an over his I wonder his head. I don't I'm, trying know.
3: To, I'm trying to think like what I would have imagined, because I'd have to go back to like 98, but what I would have imagined the ending would be. Because you just it keep never thinking was like that, the
2: professionals might show up, right? Like right. this was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. This was some drug run. This was some It'll bounty
1: Conventional thriller earlier. When
2: Gary Cole yeah. shows up, you're like, okay, are we finally cooking with gas? Like, is it? and then it's like, no, no. Paxton gets to live. He gets to live in this prison, like he's made for himself forever. You
3: know? The uh, how do you feel about the voiceover beginning and end?
2: I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I so like one Paxton thing I did narration. not
3: remember hmm. when I watched.
2: The movie this time you I were was sort like, of like oh there's a oh, yeah, I,
3: yeah. I, I, I bumped into it not in a bad way where I was like fuck this movie but I was like I don't remember there being
2: are you anti voice I'm trying to think if you use no, voiceover no. I don't
3: I don't know that I've ever used it I did a little bit at the beginning of Jersey Girl but that was like yeah. a fix and post right but generally no I don't think I've ever used because obviously it has a bit
2: of a you know some people are like oh you can no no, it no, it no no but he does it very
3: yeah. sparingly it's yeah. in the beginning I think and it's then good it's
1: like um. Presumed Innocent opens yeah.
3: the same way. There's mm-hmm. a bit of narration in the beginning. New co- no Country,
1: again. also the beginning with Tommy Lee Jones over yep. just sort of the plains where it's just kind of like, this is more of a tone setting thing than right. anything else. It's, it's what kind of tale we're telling.
2: And this movie is not ending with a punch. Like, right. It's not ending with a sort of like, you're rattled. Roll credits. Get right. the fuck out of here. Can, can Which I... I like it when a movie does that, obviously. But this movie's like... And that's the rest of it. And right. six more decades of Bill Paxton right. feeling this way—that's what's going to happen. Can okay. I read it what is, the book it's ending? It's fun. Is. It's
3: like yep. the movie—the movie you imagine after the movie ends. Yes. Yeah, is equally as enjoyable because you're like, oh, they're both in hell. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. It's a Twilight Zone ending. Periodically, they
3: must talk about it. because
2: I love Fargo, right? right? But which is obviously sort of a cousin to this movie, right? Agreed. But Fargo ends. You're like, it's a bloodbath. Everyone's dead. Or in jail. People
3: are being punished accordingly. Marge
2: goes home. Her husband got the fucking duck stamp, and (laughs) you're just like... Right. One good thing, like, right. Right, a little tear. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it's gonna be all right. She's, she's you know, she's,
1: she's gonna like, have her baby.
3: This and granted, is good. This it's, is good. Only, it's only the tree scent stamp, but still, but she, yeah. people need, people, people 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 need to the little need tree make scent a, exactly. stamp when they raise the
1: postage. Yeah, <laughs> all this over a little bit of money, you know, um,
2: And this, it's just you're just like, holy shit! This is some like you know evil Aesop fable right. thing where it's like he he's just tortured. But well, anyway. that's the
1: thing. It's like the worst case scenario in a way. You're expecting that either. There will be all this blood. There will be all this suffering. But he will get away with the money at the end. And the question is, was it worth it? Right. right. Or you're expecting a horrible, tragic ending where right. everyone Everyone's fucking dead. dies. Right. right? Yeah. Or jail. Like He, sure. he, these, he right? telegraphs
3: the ending three times in the movie. He's like, I'll burn it. I swear to God, I'll right. burn it. And man. it is, it is burn kind
1: it. of the most tragic ending, which is he has to sit there and watch the money burn. He has to stand there and watch it burn and recognize this was truly for nothing. Yeah. My brother All is these dead. People are dead. There's blood on my, my hands. I will never right. get over this. I've seen my wife change. We I have know a she child. Feels about me We're and our life. just gonna be life. these ghosts who raise a child. Right. Yes. This is how oh, the book ends. Okay. So like same basic run of events uh, as you said. Um, Jacob dies earlier. Jacob dies yeah. earlier. I think the book the the husband wife relationship is more prominent than the brother relationship, and I think probably largely because of Billy Bob, they shift the focus. Right. right? right, right. Um, Wisely. Jack, very much so. Jacob dies earlier. Things proceed fairly similarly. Um, when uh, the the FBI tells him that, the, well, all we the bills were
3: yeah, locked. we had twenty agents writing bills down.
1: Right. Um, he realizes that he uh, already spent one of the bills at a convenience store. I'm just going to read this from the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Shit. Uh, uh, Sarah tells Hank sorry that she has already spent one of the bills right. at a convenience store he goes there to steal it back in a fight with the cashier Hank kills the man with a machete when an elderly woman demands to be let to the store he kills her as well Hank flees with the bill and is never suspected. Hank goes home and burns the money over Sarah's protest. In the epilogue, Sarah has a baby boy who they named, whom they named Jacob. A few weeks after the birth, their daughter nearly drowns in a waiting pool and suffers permanent brain damage. Right. Hank That's the thing. and Sarah and he's like, this is my this punishment. A punishment for their right. crimes. Hank narrates that the pictures his brother he pictures his brother Jacob from time to time, but only because his memory makes him feel more human. So the ending is much more much bleak bleaker in the book. and
2: nastier.
3: And this
1: just leaves you with the note of, as you said, what are they? fucking do with them that little about. girl their daughter yes t- it's too much you can't do it i yeah. mean
3: Move. she I, she's not real so we could right. she is breathe not breathe the sigh of relief but she dr- she, she drowns brain in his people and his brain dead his brain dead yeah and they not dead, they're I like think, the but uh, lord sure, did whatever. this
1: to us yeah this is the punishment for what we did that's
3: one thing that seems to be missing in this movie. It's very midwestern, but there's not a lot of reference to God. Yeah, and faith there's no and like higher uh, morality. But, it does, but it, yeah, there's it's a morality. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a yeah, real yeah, morality. That's, that's, morality. It's more. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's more subterranean. That ending, is yeah. a dark, dark fucking ending. And Kills him with two machetes. Machete. Two more bodies. Yes. Two more bodies. And another crime scene. He mysteriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> the sheriff's just like I don't know. People just are dying this year. What can I, I mean, say? That,
3: it takes a gifted author to make all like because you can put it through a comedic fucking yes. Like filter, and this is Penn and Teller get killed. something hundred percent. You know, it's just a series, which I think is
2: also George warhill We have to play the box up, Kevin Griffin, because we're we're wrapping up here. But um, but this is a very interesting box up. Kevin, this is same thing thing I do.
1: My father and I bonded as a child because my brother liked sports and I did not. And my he would read the the sports scores with my brother in the paper every day, and then once a week I had my movie stats. Yeah. Nice. Monday morning, open up the business section of the New York Times, look at the top 10. Because of this, because it's the backbone of my emotional relationship with my father, I have a weird memory he, for box office He knows a lot of chart. box office. So we're um, going to try and guess the top yeah. five. There was a guy who's now recently a, a listener of our show who programmed a Wordle-style game where yeah, every day you, you have to guess the day. top five.
2: Of a random Inspired by our
1: podcast. It's a really good game. Box office. Gah dot me um okay but top five for this movie this This movie never got like a hyper wide release no it came out so this movie came out
2: december 11th 98 okay a real you know limited release yeah and pushing for oscar pushing for oscar real award season release yeah it made 16 million dollars which was about its budget Mm. so opening weekend 16 no 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 total total Total. so not great right and it gets screenplay and thornton it got two nominations which it lost um so, whatever. So they were
3: hoping for, like, well, the Oscar steam will get us to 35, 40. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. Right. 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 It'll
2: play for months. Um, yeah. And it's weird because it got good reviews, it got Oscar nominations, but it never just quite, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the year of, so you got same Prefer thin red line. Mm-hmm. Right. Life is beautiful is kind of a phenomenon, right? There's a it's lot takes- of other Is, is those, this the year that he climbs across the chairs Benini. and yep. shit? Yep. Benigni? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sam Raimi would not have done that. Not at all. Um, all right. <laughs> Number one at the box hey, office, Buddy, though, excuse Griff. me,
1: buddy. I'm stepping on your
2: chair. Buddy. Oh, buddy. Why'd you have to uh, step buddy, on me, buddy? buddy I got buddy, my new on. tux on, buddy. Step in. <laughs> December 11th, 98, Griffin. Number one is a sci-fi sequel. It's new this week.
1: <laughs> is it Star Trek Insurrection? Yes. Okay. Star Trek Insurrection, so the, which the is
2: where a movie with Barry Abraham as the villain. Wrinkle Man.
3: Right. This sort of plastic Abraham. surgery. Mm-hmm. Aliens, right. Yes. yes. Not yes, the
2: most successful. Yes, yes, yes. The second Jonathan Frakes film. After the, like, wild success of First Contact, which he also directed. Okay, so I
1: just remember my friend Kier Kramlick wanted to see this, and I had never seen an episode of a Star Trek sure, show, you know nor Star a Star Trek, Trek movie, and I said, I'm not going to jump in on Insurrection. And I definitely voted for something else in this top five to okay. see and so said, I'm trying to remember. You're like, you you like some Mary Lou Henner, bro. Yes. Yeah, You've yeah, got, got a, a photographic photograph. this, fucking memory. Only with this. But I'm just trying to think. There he's was some a, right, he has a terrible dumb for fucking a lot of stuff. baby. I don't remember what time were you Okay, Okay, well,
2: you're probably going to get. Okay, so number two is an animated film. Film.
1: fully animated absolutely the rugrats movie N- no that is number five uh prince of egypt no,
2: no. ants no. you're close i'm close Bugs Life?
1: What? oh it's a bugs
2: life. a bug's life i can't believe that I was, know. My I was like jeez that's guess. you're the pixar boy so wait no. that was number two bug's life is number two okay is and it... rugrats movie as he already guessed life. is number five so you got yeah. two animated movies in there bug's
1: life is in like weekend two or three it's well, in I weekend think Thanksgiving? four okay
2: uh, it's made $83 million. Great. Now, I don't even want to do number three yet because it's such a big boy. Okay, we'll come back around. Number four is uh, a thriller mm-hmm. with a movie star who's recently been in the news. Hmm. It is Enemy of the State. Enemy of
3: the State. Oh, shit.
2: Yeah. Pretty yeah. fun movie.
3: Jason Lee's in that too. He sure yes. is. There's yes. a lot of fun in that movie. Goes, there's
2: a lot of... Fuck a duck. A lot of guys in that movie. Jack yeah. Black. Like Jack Black, Seth like, there's a lot, a lot of people yeah, just mixing Jamie Kennedy. up. Kennedy. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Enemy of the State. That's a Tony Scott movie, of okay. course. Now, number three. It's new this week. Okay. We've mentioned it on this episode. On this episode. It's okay. a family
1: dramedy. It's a family dramedy. It's got a
2: supernatural twist.
1: In 98, with a supernatural twist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. No. We mentioned it. We have meant it was
2: widely discussed right at the top of this episode. It was widely discussed right right at the top of the context about a simple plan. Oh. Is it Jack Frost? It's Jack Frost. I did not know this. Jack Frost comes out against a wow. simple plan. They're oh both God. new this
3: week. Ramey must have been. And you're sitting, sitting there going crazy. like, yeah. I got money for one snowy movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I going to see? You're
1: going Does this to see, snowman find money? I'm going to see money? the George Clooney, <laughs> fucking frosty picture. Did Jack? Jo- did Jack Frost outgrow Simple Plan? Uh, I bet it was
2: close. It did. It made thirty-four million dollars. That doubled. That's rude. So some other movies you know, but in the top Think ten. about it. But Jack by the way, Frost
3: is everything yeah. you think of when you think of a movie. Something unrealistic. You're yes. going to take on an adventure. Absolutely. Simple true. plan so. could have literally happened to somebody.
1: A- and <laughs> by the way, that, I guarantee you, that is the movie I convinced Keir Kramer to see instead it. of Star That's Trek Insurrection.
4: No
2: question. I mean, I'm sure you saw the Rugrats movie. You saw Bugs I'd like, seen both of those know, movies three you, you times by those, this point. Right. I'm saying this <laughs> weekend
1: I would have gone to see Jack Frost. Some other movies in the top ten. The Water Boy. Okay. Oh, shit.
2: Meet Joe Black. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Babe Pig in the City. Wow. Notorious Bomb, which we've covered on this podcast, yes. this this is an episode that everyone likes,
3: uberly successful. Babe George right. Miller
2: being like, "Fuck you, I'm making this." That's sequel. a perfect yeah, yeah. example George of am taking it back. Yep. Yep. Gus and Van Sant's Psycho, which we just we referenced earlier. Yeah. In its second week, has dropped sixty two percent. Audiences oh. are like, "No, thank you." Yeah.
3: The idea behind the the making of that movie, as he said many times, is, is like, "Someone else, is nobody, nobody watches Psycho. Yep. So right. what it if I did it in color? Somebody's going to do it." So I
2: defend that movie. I think that movie. Is fascinating. I we talk about that
3: movie on uh, i uh, I've been on a number of podcasts historically. Okay. I've been doing <laughs> it since two thousand and seven. Uh, Hollywood this Babylon. This is not my first. I don't know if you could tell oh, by my her nature. Um, the uh, we talk about. Um, there's a moment in Psycho, a mm. uh, very famous moment where uh, she gets killed in the shower.
1: Yeah, heard of it. Yeah.
3: And when
1: Sometimes Anne
3: Hayes yeah. yeah. is the one getting killed in the shower, mm-hmm. she's stabbed. She falls forward. The overhead shot
0: mm.
3: uh, has her brown eye on full display. One of the only times you've ever seen a, a major motion picture <laughs> your, actor asshole.
1: Butthole.
2: Yeah. Not their cheeks.
1: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Fucking yeah. sphincter.
3: <laughs> that was the thing that like, I don't care what Gus Van Sant did with Psycho. I was like, did anybody else see that? That's a choice. That is, I mean, how do you, that would never happen again in this day and age. Somebody no. would digitally erase that. Sure, would like would or whatever. Right. Right, right. They digitally they erase. They let it, let it sit there and, and ride. And if you're like an asshole fetishist, if you go to Pornhub and you're That's like, only assholes, on. yeah. you can literally enjoy. Gus founds on psycho for that three. That's seconds. my new
1: OnlyFans competitor I'm <laughs> launching, which is only asshole. We're gonna <laughs> promise you one hole and only one hole. That's it. Um, and you no, don't even know who it belongs to. Do you know that Disney Plus in their uh, Splash? If you watch Disney Plus, uh, the version of Splash they have, they have digitally erased Daryl Hannah's butt crack. They, they didn't erase it. They extended her hair over it. Did you know that? Yes, but it's it's weird. Yes. So right, in, in the CGI scene when hair.
3: she's on the when she gets out of the, the a sta- Statue of Liberty yeah. and walks around. And any time right.
1: you see her tush in that movie, she it no is, longer has it a butt. It's covered in, in, you know, obscenely long. So you are sure. saying that they movie would never let had a PG. Rating. Absolutely. You saying they would never let someone uh, show butthole again? They won't even let show pe- people show crack anymore in movies that were made 35 years is ago. Is that?
3: Is that? Was that? Yeah, that was always a Disney movie.
2: It
1: was, time it time was always it's a, yeah
3: So it, right. the, her ass was in the movie the in the movie
1: It's one of those
2: classic 80s things where you're like, oh, there's a button, in a PG movie. You know, it was yeah. like exciting. Yeah.
3: But I mean, it's not even. Was it? It's it's a it's a fairly chaste. Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I don't even remember like the cheeks spreading or anything like no, that. That's no, I'm saying
1: cheeks. no butthole.
3: And they still felt the need to yep. protect us from mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah's forty-year-old ass yeah. ass from forty years ago. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Splash. It's deep. wild. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for doing this, this. Is fun. I'm. I'm. You guys should be happy that I don't live out here. I'd be here every week, and hey. you'd be like, "We don't want you to be here," but I'd be well, like, "Oh, I
1: want to talk about things." We'll lasso you in again. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll be back.
3: Um, deeply satisfying, gents. What a, what a what thank a cool you. concept for a show. Pleasure. What a great conversation you know i i remember on my way over i was just like we're gonna talk about film <laughs> and i was so fucking delighted to talk about film that's yeah. right answer. and
1: right. and i mean look we we have two great researchers who work for our show and dig up a lot of incredible stuff but the jim jacks uh, context. I think was incredibly important. And I came, we would not have I came loaded war. for bear. I had a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was
3: happy. Aside from like wanting to talk about this movie, because I like, I feel this it. is his masterwork. Yes, yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm Sam Raimi is a brilliant director. He's done many brilliant movies, but this movie, even though it doesn't look a fucking thing like a <laughs> Sam Raimi movie, yeah is an absolute fucking masterwork I wonder how he feels about it
2: I do too you yeah, know what I'm saying I wonder it's not if like he's he ever. complicated because like when he did Drag Me to Hell it's like oh he's doing kind of an evil dead kind of yeah, thing Yeah, but like yeah, he's yeah. never done something like this again no. Yeah. he's had
1: there's a could couple things it could be his things. Jersey
3: Girl where he's like you know I tried a thing right. and did, I got yeah. fucking spanked and right. I will never go back he's there. like
1: signed up for a couple things in the last 10 or 15 years that didn't come to fruition that were closer to this yeah that's true like, but they never he I was gonna remake A Prophet the French movie that won the prison yeah. That's right. Right. yeah, and I think there was like one or two other dramas that he attached himself yeah. to yeah, at some so, point. He you know, find a hot blacklist script. And, I don't you know. know,
3: man. I've seen the trailers. Multiverse of Madness looks like it's a rerun of A Simple Plan. To be honest, yeah, with. That's it's true. very You're actually. <laughs> right.
1: You're actually right. <laughs> it's very similar. They go to every universe and they see if there's one where they get away where with taking the it. money. <laughs> no, nope. yes. fuck Jesus, yeah. you killed
2: me in this one. What's going on? Thornton's got the farm. It's doing great. <laughs> they come to the. <laughs> Gary Cole is president. <laughs> 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 the farm's doing great. Farm's blowing. Up. <laughs>
3: They're going to um, kick us out of the studio. got we yes. got to.
1: Gotta, yeah. uh, uh, everyone should watch a *Masters of the Universe: Revelation*. That's uh, we didn't talk about that. A phenomenal show that you were showrunner Magical on. I'm very proud man. to your be. Your
3: performance forever. is wonderful, and your uh, your episode, as we say in the run,
1: was... episode four is the big orc oh my yep. god big hooker up. Um, but but thank you for that, and uh, no I, I look forward to hopefully finding uh, other ways we can work together. Absolutely, future. fucking yep. Nice. yep. Um Thank you all for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe thank you to uh jj birch and nick lariano for our research aj mckeon alex barron for our editing lane montgomery the great american novel for our theme song pat Rounds and joe Bone for our artwork marie Barty for our social media and helping put the show together you can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to all the nerdy things merch reddit what have you uh tune in next week for for love of the game yeah, I can't remember. If we for, always forget. There's, if it's for the love or for love. It doesn't matter. There's one the, and it feels like there should be two, but one Something. of them is missing. Yeah, for love of the game. Yeah, uh, and you can you can go to uh, patreoncom check with blankcheck special features. Where we're doing not all Batman.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's
1: the Batman right. movies we haven't covered. So every Batman movie not directed by Tim Burton or Chris Nolan or Chris Nolan. So. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening, and I just want to not to put him on blast, but one more time. Uh, Ben's uh, text last night excitedly while watching this movie was all caps exclamation point cold crime cold crime
4: I love it when it's icy baby